did did she do a lot after this? She was in Time Cop. She's in Time Cop. <laughs> I'm really upset he didn't let me be the one to tell you that. Yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> we need your help. We need your help. I started doing this voice the other day that my wife says is half Kermit the Frog and half Pee Wee Herman, and she it makes her laugh and- <laughs> uncontrollably but she hates it <laughs> so like when i do it she'll start cry laughing but she'll be mad at me and she'll be like stop it stop it and all i have to do is pop in the room and go Hurray! anyway oh, i'm sorry <laughs> music video sends barrett share hello okay so have you seen this this video that was on twitter uh where this woman uh she says mora sets her husband for like a, a whole year Okay. So she'll go in when he's not expecting it and be like, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, she provided like me. And the guy's just like, stop, please, stop. And then she's, she's in talking to him and he's, he's eating and everything. She's like, you know, uh, I just wanted to ask you this question. And I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. <laughs> He's like, please stop. (laughs) I want to see it. I've seen videos like this, like college guy pranks his roommate every day with the same trick or whatever. (laughs) Those are always funny, but the more setting. Oh, my God. That's the next level. send you the link. That's awesome. Um, All right. Well, today we're going to continue our road trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Road trip. Road trip. And we're going to go to two, I I think, no more distinct states (laughs) as far as, especially as far as film production is concerned, but definitely geography wise. (laughs) Idaho and Illinois. Yeah. Mm. Idaho has... You can you can picture it in your mind that much per film production. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois has yes, you can't picture that either, but you know, that much more film production. Oh my god, it was it was disparate, man. Delaware was had very few movies in mm-hmm. there. But I was figuring, man, you know, Idaho has Sun Valley and it's got the Rockies in there and it's got the plains, it's got the potatoes. Like you'd think that some shit was filmed there. There's not a whole lot. I tell you, man, the only thing, there's only two things. Well, I guess there's three things on the Idaho that I've seen. And then after that, it's like, (laughs) I mean, and even the ones that I've seen, like, I've seen my own private Idaho. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a Gus Van Sant, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, Keanu and River Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit gay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, Josh and I went down this Gus Van Sant rabbit hole mm-hmm. in college where we basically watched everything he made um 
Because he made a movie after My Own Private Idaho with River Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix's sister, Rain. Mm-hmm. Was that think- Elephant? Or did Elephant come before My Private Idaho? Th- no, Elephant was well after all of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, My Own Private Idaho. Woo! Yeah, it's heady. I do not recommend. Really? I, no. I, I thought it was good. I saw this in the 90s. I don't remember a thing about it. Like, not one thing. Yeah. I think I've told this story before. It's the only reason I haven't said it already. Josh and... Uh, Josh and I watched it because my older brother, Jeff, and his older brother, Jeremy, watched it together mm-hmm. and said, whatever you do, don't watch my own private Idaho, just the two of you. <laughs> and so that's exactly what we did. No, of course. And it made us super uncomfortable because <laughs> we, you know, we're both straight and not the characters in the movie aren't not so much. Yeah. You're and, thinking uh, of uh, even cowgirls. Get even cowgirls get the blues. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know he did that movie. I, I was about to say even cowgirls get the blues because that was like that similar time and everything. But I didn't realize he did that. Um, uh, also, <laughs> Idaho might also be significant for us because we had the joke in the Skyfall thing <laughs> where we claimed it wasn't a real place. <laughs> <laughs> We pissed off all 10 people who live there. Yeah, the, I remember because this is when we were, were still go, doing a lot of commenting on YouTube videos and everything. And like, I remember because <laughs> that day we posted that thing. And I can't remember. I think the reason why is, is because uh, who's the actor that says idaho or some such place or whatever it's yeah it's just the caretaker of the land i don't it's remember the somebody's actor. got a he's a but uh he's like they went they did uh oh it was albert finney wasn't it oh no uh, maybe yeah it was albert finney he says something like yeah they uh they they took those guns to idaho or some such place which and i just thought it was so weird that he said it like that <laughs> so it was right of things like idaho's not a real place <laughs> and uh and so yeah you had all these people on the comments going idaho's a real place <laughs> and it's like i was I, and so staying in the character i was like prove it to me show it to me on a map <laughs> you you can't you can't point it out on a map i guarantee you <laughs> um uh, another big the probably the biggest one is napoleon dynamite yeah ah see i did not even realize that was idaho yeah i mean it really could be anywhere I, I bet if i watch it again like there's idaho landmarks is there it set something. there or is it just yeah, sh- it's set yeah, there. yeah yeah okay i always just felt it's okay truth i've never seen this movie all the way through oh yeah uh, nothing about it ever appealed to me especially once it became like cool and mm-hmm. hipstery to like this movie um but i just assumed oklahoma or arkansas or something like just from the look of what i've seen yeah so it's interesting that it's kind of there, but a little further north. I just thought yeah. I thought it was Utah because it was it's uh it's a Mormon filmmakers who made this. Movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was Utah when they first did this. Hmm. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't. I I may have just. I just. I, if it says Idaho yeah. in the movie, I just let that gloss right over. Me. Yeah, I mean it's not an Idaho centric. I like this movie more than you guys do. I think. Um, although, what happened to John Heater? I mean, he had the one thing, right? He had Blades of Glory. No, I mean, I'm saying once he did Napoleon Dynamite, that that was his thing. Yeah, like he he did he couldn't really expand into anything. He else. did that Mr. Woodcock movie. He did. Don't sell oh, him short, right. Billy Bob. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, Bad Santa in uh, in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, er- everything Heater did after that just seemed like he was he didn't have the he didn't have the Napoleon Dynamite look, but he was still trying to kind of be that i don't know he was being straight man to yeah. and still being napoleon dynamite a little bit yeah at the same time there wasn't much of a i don't know there wasn't much of a market for him yeah the whole story really if it doesn't have and i, I guess that's the whole point of it 
it all builds up to that dance scene. Yeah. If it doesn't have that, it's a completely forgettable movie. And it may be a forgettable movie anyway, but I mean, you know, he gets involved with this. This, I, I mean, there are and, moments in there. I mean, I remember laughing at when he was like, "What are you doing today?" He's like, "Whatever I want." <laughs> God, you know, that was that's funny to me. But, but yeah, like that's about that's really that that and the dance are really the only thing that I remember. Yeah, about. and the dance is so shocking and so awesome. I yeah, think, it's yeah, just, that's worth the whole thing um and then running uh, and then the river wild was the other yep. one that i i've seen off of this list uh-huh. i love that movie yeah friend of the show river wild yes <laughs> also brought up almost as many times as Werner herzog yeah exactly Interestingly, i forgot that john c Riley was in that movie yeah because, well that's before he was john c Riley. yeah yeah he's, he's just, just a background guy yeah this is yeah. so not a meryl streep movie though it's no. it's a completely different from what she normally does i know and she's probably excited to get something like this you know because yeah, she's never had a chance to be like a big uh, action hero. Yeah, and it's uh, it's such a tight story. Like it, it's suspenseful the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got David Strathairn just kind of like stalking them for half of the movie, and then no. hmm? Kevin Bacon is stalking them. No, I'm talking about after uh, Kevin Bacon takes over and he's got him at gunpoint. Gotcha. And then Sorry, her husband. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, like he's doing that and then they have to go through that big rapid sequence and she's the only person that can get through this, these rapids and everything. I don't know. It's just it, anytime it's on, like I'll, I'll tune into it. You know what it is? Is it's a, it's a, it's a solid no frills, you know, action adventure film. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't detour too, detour too far away. It doesn't try to rely too much on, I guess, comedy, uh, yeah. where none is needed. It's just a very simple, straight, streamlined kind of thing everybody plays the roles right it's a good it's enjoyable the scenery is fantastic too it is some good scenery Mm -hmm. um but yeah looking at the rest of the list i think i've i've seen these titles before but i've never i remember town and country coming out Mm -hmm. i didn't see it i know warren Beatty's in it yes warren Beatty, and it's it's one of those big ensemble pieces that is just completely free and they go to sun valley sun valley is the big like ski mountainous area Ah. and uh georgia rule which i think had more about Lindsay lohan and her ability to be on set than anything else was uh, uh, that's all i knew about that because wasn't that the one where like there were so many different Lindsay Lohan. She made three or four in this era, and I think there were stories from each set about her being difficult to work. With. Yeah, and it was either this one where they didn't want to pay the insurance, or she was in she was in court. And I know then. I think the movie called The Canyons was the one where she was in court, and then she oh, that's said a wild movie. Right she there. had to say she was saying, "I'm working on a movie. I can't be right." Yeah, you know, she had so many different little things. Like that period was just like every Lindsay Lohan movie had something attached to yep. it because she was in all this trouble and everything. Well, that's so, why she had to go to Idaho to live with her grandmother, uh, who I guess was Georgia. <laughs> shot in idaho (laughs) (laughs) oh man this was probably her last like major performance though because even the canyons i think was way indie wasn't it um yeah canyons was super indie Mm. yeah and georgia rule i think was a a major release but it wasn't i mean nobody watched it nobody knows what it's about didn't she do a movie (laughs) something about killing her sister or something Uh, i know who killed me i know who killed me yeah she was was a stripper that was the same era yeah yeah that was and that may have been just at the beginning of that era because i remember that that was like Lindsay lohan had just started getting that kind of reputation as like you know dui girl and everything (laughs) (laughs) 
AKA. AKA. <laughs> but you're on the IMDb, also credited as DUI girl. Um, oh, man. Um, I, I was going to ask a, a question on my own Private Idaho because B-52s came out with a song called Private Idaho, but it wasn't for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess the movie's title comes from the B-52 song because B-52 oh. song is like 1980. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what, what it ties into. I know that Idaho is just a... Like, they go from Oregon to Idaho, and then I think uh, River Phoenix's mom goes to Italy or something like that to go track down a lost love yeah. or something. Yeah, like B-52s that. is so 80s, I just assumed that that was a part of the soundtrack, but it, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's a coincidence. Rock mm-hmm. lobster! <laughs> rock? It was a rock! <laughs> no, it wasn't a rock. Um, There's also Ski Party, a Frankie Avalon movie. That's right, baby. Yeah. Fuck Next if I know. IQ. This has got a uh, James Brown performance in it. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh, I feel good. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's a bunch of white bread folks like up in ski lodges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And James Brown and this band come in. They're like, they're like the ski patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this scene. It's hilarious. Oh my! There's God. also the to do list. Did you ever see the to do list? I didn't. So this was Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, um, and Rachel Bilson. Bill Hader is in it. Um, this is where uh, Aubrey Plaza is trying to run through a sexual to-do list in order to lose or not lose her to get with her uh the guy that she wants to sleep with mm. i uh i feel like this is a movie i should know about and already have memorized <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. it actually remember it coming out like i remember the trailers for it uh this movie's gross is it <laughs> this movie is disgusting uh bill Hader plays like this bullying like uh camp counselor or something like that and she's on the staff <clears throat> and she goes through like you know the the various sexual things that she has to do. Like she gives one dude a hand job, she mm. gives another guy a blow job. Who's Andy Samberg, by the way? So uh, basically, she's got to go through like a sexual scavenger hunt to get yes. to this one dude. Yeah, she wants to be sexually experienced so that she, when she does have sex with this guy that she wants to, like she knows what she's doing. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it's it, yeah. sex doesn't really work like that. <laughs> well that's what that's what she learns at the end of the movie well good i don't need to see it yeah mm-hmm. um so i saw some others that were shot in idaho even though they may not be based there and still we're not talking about like a you know super like amazing amount of movies no. here. um dante's peak was obviously shot in idaho obviously obviously <laughs> um heaven's gate the movie that michael camino like oh. basically lost his career over yeah. was shot there and uh, breakfast of champions was also shot what a there. weird uh did you ever see that or, i didn't so i saw it did you ever read it i never read it either so this is a, a kurt vonnegut mm-hmm. story uh that was written towards like the i don't know the last two-thirds of his career and he brings all of his characters together so like kilgore trout and like all the the characters from billy pilgrim from slaughterhouse five brings all these people in and they kind of interact all the characters from all of his different novels and it's really an interesting read not so much a good movie it's got mm, bruce willis in yeah. it it's not very good why would you even make a movie out of that because it's an interesting story it just a, it's just a matter of i don't know the execution just wasn't there it just wasn't interesting it great read but not a man good movie. even as a I didn't know about this book. I mean, I knew the title. I'd never read it, but I didn't know that's what what it was. Yes. It was like, like, if Stephen King came out with a book next week that was like 12 of his most famous characters from his previous books in a room talking, wouldn't you think that was a little bit cheap? He basically has done that. God uh, damn it. Towards the end of the Dark Tower series, he starts bringing in 
the priest from Salem's Lot and uh, somebody from Pet Cemetery and oh, like a it. bunch of different uni- King Universe. There's stuff to That's the stand. Just indulgent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, if he actually huge... writes himself into. By the way, Stephen King is a character in the Dark Tower series. So you're actually changing my worldview today. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. It didn't play very well. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, that does it for Idaho. <laughs> I'm sorry, Idaho. Uh, yeah. I, I if, if make there more are, movies, Idaho. If there are other movies that we're missing, <laughs> sorry. Like as all you know, as far as I know, you know, like. You know, maybe they shot some of, uh, I don't know. Riding in cars with boys. Riding in cars with boys. (laughs) Yes. Um, Boys on the side. (laughs) (laughs) She's made a lot of movies with boys in the title. Boys (laughs) town. All right. We're here to talk about some movie again. Movie. Movie. Um, I I was talking uh, in one of these other ads about watching the series they had of... uh, uh, great child performances yeah and i saw i saw one called forbidden games which was really good it's mm-hmm. about this uh this girl who loses her parents in world war ii and a bombing or whatever and then she wanders off into the woods and is basically adopted by this family that's out in this rural area area in france and mm-hmm. everything and so they basically take her in as their own daughter almost you know whatever and she's friends with one of the 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 youngest one the youngest boy that's in the in the house and everything and it's sort of their friendship and everything um really good another one where kids are acting like kids you know like mm-hmm. it does, it's not one of those like weird like they're they're strangely adult like type of uh characters and everything really well done uh they get it in their head that uh they need to like cuz like her dog dies in the attack too so they this in this idea that they need to bury it and put a cross and they get obsessed with like stealing crosses and yeah. that's what the forbidden games is in this they're like stealing crosses from places they really shouldn't be stealing crosses from wow. and uh and like trying to come up with the right words to say for like you know all these things that have died and everything <laughs> like that so it's it's a really good movie it's a, a movie from france in 1952 ah uh, french cinema baby yep. sounds like a game i used to play in college with a friend of mine Heather. oh 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 where, no where we stole <laughs> Our, this was just our freshman year, but we we were obsessed with stealing wet floor signs. Ah, mm. to the point where I think she had like maybe twenty of them mm. in her dorm room. Oh, she had a problem because it would be well, yes. <laughs> but it became this thing where like if we were just driving by a Wendy's and noticed, oh, they've got a wet floor sign up. Let's drive around the Wendy's, and when no one's looking, you get out and run in and grab it and run back out. It started very harmlessly. We were just in a place, and I think I just picked one up casually just to do a weird social thing and see how people would react, and it turned into this thing. I thought you went a completely different direction. When I thought about Forbidden Games, and you were like, this is a game I used to play with my girlfriend in college. (laughs) Well, if that movie had come out in the 90s, then yes, Forbidden Games would be a completely different thing. Uh, It would star Alicia Silverstone. Starring Shannon Worry. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's on movie, actually. It probably is. Uh, I want to talk about Nashville's own Harmony Kareem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're claiming him, huh? Well, yeah, he's from Nashville. Now, this is the guy that did Spring Breakers. Uh, which we've talked about many times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one of his most accessible films. I would call it his Citizen Kane. The Spring Breakers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, so they've got, uh, movie's got a double feature from him uh, that's running right now. And <clears throat> so one of them is called Trash Humpers. Yes. Okay? Oh, Lord help us. And Trash Humpers is pretty much what it sounds like. Yeah. It's the most bonkers gonzo thing that you've probably ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's the 
different kind of movie. It was filmed all over Nashville. Uh, it's these three people that are doing bizarre, bizarre shit. It's an interesting watch. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. But if you really want to get into to Harmony Kareen on the movie system, there's a movie called Mr. Lonely mm-hmm. that I'd never seen before. And this stars Diego Luna and uh, Samantha Morton mm-hmm. uh, and actually features um, Werner Herzog. <laughs> of course. Movie. He's ultimately going to be the most talked about guy on the Sincast. Dude, yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is... What you're expecting from Harmony Kareen is bizarre stuff, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's kind of just what he's from kids to uh, to spring breakers even. Uh, this is a pretty interestingly straightforward uh, story. Diego Luna is a Michael Jackson impersonator. No. And Samantha Morton is a uh, Marilyn Monroe impersonator. Hmm. And they get involved with this this commune of impersonators. There's Buster Keaton, there's a Madonna, and there's a Shirley Temple and all that stuff. And it's a really touching fascinating story oh yeah and there's little vignettes that cut away to to like Werner herzog is this priest and it's it's this weird cinema verite thing where he's talking to a pilot uh who's who's i think it's he's not involved with the movie Mm -hmm. and Werner herzog is like absolving him for his sins and i don't (laughs) think the guy's in on it but there's some bizarre shit in here but still like the core of it is really really good and, mm-hmm. and i would totally recommend it. it it's on movie right now you got plenty of time to watch it totally go and check it out get a great mix of forgotten classics and then movies that are really experimental mm-hmm. and uh really really um a great diverse amount of movies that you can run into here and you know just get lost in this thing for a while yeah. because you can i mean you can sit there and watch four or five movies sometimes and like oh what where did the time yeah. go for every forbidden games there's a trash humpers there is there is yeah <laughs> it's an interesting double feature you can't say there's a movie called trash humpers which is exactly what you think it is and stop there <laughs> because i don't i don't know what that is <laughs> Unless it's literally a dude whipping out his dick and fucking trash. Yes. <laughs> For two hours? Uh, back and it's forth, It's a bunch yeah. of dudes in, like, masks yeah. going around two with, Two dudes like, and a girl. It looks like security cam footage, yeah. Yeah. essentially. Yeah, it's like camcorder footage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's I bizarre. still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's wild. It, it actually played at the Belcourt when it came out. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, but I never got a chance to see it. Now I have a chance to see it. That's right, on yeah, Mubi. That's right. So go to Mubi.com slash CinemaSins. It's M-U-B-I slash CinemaSins. You get a full month. I cannot stress how good of a deal this is. Yeah, enter the promo code. There is no promo code. That's right. Just go to the URL. That's it. Take out your wallet and put it away. You all know what CinemaSins is, and now you know what movie is. This is the great merging mm-hmm. of, of those two wonderful things. I saw a tweet yesterday or the day before that said, I love how the movie ads feel like a natural part of your regular show, and it doesn't feel like an mm-hmm. ad. And I was like, well, that's easy to do when the service is great, mm-hmm. for sure. But it's also part of why we're so picky, because we, we want that to be the case. We want the ads to sound as fun to you to listen to as the three of us just sitting around shooting the shit about movies uh, yeah because that's authentically us and Mm -hmm. if we were throwing some product at you that we didn't really like this much i think it would start to feel like an ad exactly uh, so let that be a testament to how much we like this service get your ass over there to movie.com slash cinema sense that's it yeah illinois has a shit ton it's just like uh, california or new york or anything like that obviously chicago is the main focus on that 
Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to go this alphabetically like we have it listed here? Or Might as well. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I've never seen about last night. Oh, really? Never uh, seen it. Oh, neither one? No. That was just because there's a Rob Lowe original. Mm-hmm. And then didn't Kevin Hart remake it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is Rob Lowe and uh, Demi Moore. Yeah. One of Demi Moore's first film yeah, roles, I think. Like that, yeah. uh, and it's, oh, it's it's really, really Let good. Let me just tell is you, it? the Demi Moore in this movie is not the same Demi Moore in Striptease. No. <laughs> she, and, she had, and all that that implies. If you want to compare, personal growth you want to compare, yeah, personal growth. That's a good, that's a good way to Two put it. Two specific areas of huge personal growth. Yeah. And one, not so much growth in it. Um... <laughs> Um, no, I've never seen it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, this is an 80s, this is kind of a um, Brat Pack, mm-hmm. like there early are Brat Pack. Other yeah. members of the Brat Pack in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. I only saw this. This is one of those movies that I, that when I was a kid, would play like on Sunday afternoon, edited mm-hmm. for TV with commercials. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's yeah, the that's point? a whole different thing. And uh, yeah, I just don't know. I don't remember much more about it except that I, I remember there was a scene in a tub. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, there's definitely that. Interestingly, Jim Belushi. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins mm-hmm. um, and uh, Megan Mullally and Patricia oh, yeah. Duff. Right. Mm-hmm. Megan Mullally? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Um, d- do you remember anything particularly Chicago about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yes? It's, it's, it's very chicago Yeah. Yeah. City living. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's an enjoyable one. There's an early Seagal actioner called Above the Law. Yes. And I mentioned this on a l- very early Sincast, but I did a uh, like a food drive at the church where they- Filmed the scene oh, for yeah? about the law. Nice <laughs> in Chicago. Oh my god, man! I, I tell you what, this was uh, the era. Okay, so Seagal and Van Damme both had the same kind of movies back in the day. Okay? Oh yeah, Seagal movies always started off with somebody that he knew got killed, yep. and he had to go out and get revenge for it. In fact, he even had a movie called. Uh, out, for out for revenge, revenge. <laughs> and then he had the mark for death one as well uh they were always like that so like somebody he knew died then he had to go and and cap that motherfucker who did it and then van damme van damme it was almost the same thing somebody always seemed to die and then he'd have to go into an underground tournament with no rules and fight in the tournament that's, right. so that's why he had blood sport he had kickboxer he had lionheart he had all these movies that came out <laughs> Where he was doing that. Anyway, yeah, Above the Law. What do we think of that? I, it's a perfectly fine Steven Perfectly Seagal. fine 80s yeah. action movie. That's mm-hmm. what you would see back in the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Elizabeth hey, Shue. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. a this, uh, this is where I fell in love with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, very Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they have adventures. They have to, uh, they're in the suburbs, I think, and they have to take a train into the city, and that's where all the shenanigans happen. Yeah, yeah. You know? A lot of babysitter movies back in this day. Yeah. It was like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And Was that, who was the? That was Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate. Mom, yeah. I fucked the babysitter. Mom, I fucked the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. That was a whole different genre. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. You had to go in the back room for that one. Um, I had to put in a quarter. <laughs> one by one, it would remove part of the picture that's be right. revealed. That's correct um airplane Airplane. shot in chicago that's a little bit odd it is a little bit odd now was that was that uh the the airport Mm -hmm. like so the the plane itself i believe was on the paramount lot like they did the they made the they made the set there right but the all the airport stuff was i guess on o'hare or Mm -hmm. something yeah all right terminal was there uh we all love airplane here that's right airplane is is great i'm glad that it has been recognized as one of the best comedies of all time you know lloyd bridges really 
holds that movie together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Leslie Nielsen doing a great job. You've got who's Stryker again? I forget. Who, Robert Hayes. Robert Hayes. But like all the every time they cut to Lloyd Bridges, you know, there's going to be like three or four jokes in there. Mm-hmm. They're just going to like hit you in the face. Well, the thing is that that uh, Lloyd Bridges didn't know exactly what this movie w- was really he's like i don't understand the jokes and robert stack's like we're the jokes <laughs> <laughs> you know we we we're known for our serious acting and here we are into something that's so ridiculous yeah uh but yeah love airplane uh backdraft backdraft ron howard baby that's a chicago ass yeah movie. it's a chicago as hell movie yeah yeah, Robert does that De hold Niro. up still? Do you think? No, I don't think it ever did. did it? it really didn't. Like the first time you watch it, it really didn't hold up really, really? well. It's just, <sighs> you know what the problem is? It stars a Baldwin. <laughs> That's not Alec. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be clear, mm-hmm. because you got Jennifer Jason Lee in this, mm-hmm. De Niro's in this, mm-hmm. um, Scott Glenn, Glenn mm-hmm. Scott. Glenn um, Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah, let me let me go <laughs> to it because there's a lot of people in this movie. It might be Scott Glenn. Uh, Only he was an astronaut. It's Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Yeah. Who's the astronaut? And he had uh, John Glenn. John Glenn, which is that's the well, isn't, isn't that the thing? The right stuff has two actors who are have astronaut names, but they don't play those astronauts. Yeah. So like Scott Glenn is in right stuff, but somebody else plays John Glenn. Right. It's Ed Harris that plays yeah. John Glenn. And then it's uh, uh Sam Shepard is in there. Oh yeah. And and then there's another one, Scott Shepard, who plays Alan Shepard. Alan right? Shepard, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan Shepard yeah. Play, is the uh, is the astronaut. They don't play him. <laughs> um. Anyway. But yeah, you have Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, De Niro, Donald Sutherland, Jennifer Jason Lee, Scott Glenn, Rebecca De Mornay. The Sutherland's having a blast in this movie, by the way, because he's mm. like. He's the last terrible, crazy arsonist they caught, and they go to interview him in prison to try and get insight into this arsonist, and uh-huh. he's just, like, giggling and laughing about how awesome fire it is. <laughs> Sutherland's having a blast here. I-, I like the story. I like the idea. Until then, I hadn't really seen a firefighting action movie. There's mm-hmm. a mystery at work here. Who's doing the fires? But Baldwin has to center the whole thing, and he's terrible. Oh yeah, mm. he's just—he's a terrible actor. They thought they thought they were getting Alec, and they got William. I'm telling you. Well, this was this, this probably around the time of Fair Game, and anything else, William Baldwin was a headliner. This in. came out a little bit before then, but still, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a, the height of Alec Baldwin's career too, and I'm sure they thought all the Baldwins were going to be. I'm great. sure they did, and he just—he just. He just <laughs> I honestly think you could make that movie with a different actor in his role, and it would be a classic. A different Baldwin, in- yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but Alec Baldwin in there would have been fun. He was probably busy doing, I don't know. Kim Basinger? He was, That's do, definitely he was too what busy he was doing. doing Kim Basinger. And he was doing that movie with Kim Basinger. <laughs> he did. It was a remake. Was yeah. Uh, the Getaway. Getaway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, Bad Moms recently just came out. That's, yep. uh, yeah, it's Bad Chicago. Alcohol. That actually doesn't have a whole lot to do with Chicago, it's, too. It's like, like suburbs. goes into the, the city, I guess, to, yeah. to work with uh, Clark Duke. Yeah. Oh, uh, apparently the bad just keeps coming. Bad mm-hmm. teacher yes. also in Chicago. Did you ever see Bad Teacher? I did. Is that Charlize and Timberlake? No, it's, that's uh, Cameron uh, Diaz. Cameron Diaz and Jason Segel. And Justin Timberlake's in there too, though, right? Yeah, I just actually, only, what happened was I got Charlize and uh, Cameron confused. Yeah. Blondes. They're both blonde and pretty. Leggy, leggy, I never saw it. No, is it any good? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. And these guys like to work with each other, though. It's like uh, whoever did this went on to do some other movie that they did after this and they were like from the director of bad teach it was jake kasdan oh wow jake kasdan wow i didn't know it was jake kasdan nice work jake 
<laughs> because I like Jake Casman. I do too. I just, just, they did some other movie, Sex Tape. They did Sex Tape. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, and that is Siegel and Cameron. Yeah, Cameron yeah. Diaz. Mm. Uh, That's not very also movie, a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, all three barbershops shot here in Chicago. Yeah, I like because we're, we've been talking about when you think about Chicago, you think about downtown, and then you think maybe even the North Side. Uh, all the barbershop stuff was on the South Side of Chicago, mm. which is really interesting. Yeah. Of course, we'll get to Judgment Night, which is in the south side of yeah, Chicago, yeah. too. But uh, uh, sorry, that's just funny to me. <laughs> I, I I really like the barbershop movies. I do too. Uh, um, I I always thought that they'd probably work better as a TV series, although they did try to make it into a TV series mm-hmm. and it failed. So who would I if I can know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but because of the way everybody's talking in the barbershop where it's like expressing ideas. I felt like you could have something more current. Yeah. Like each time, like, you know, if you made a season, it would be comment on how, where we are at now and so on and so forth. I always thought that's the way that, because that's what's the appeal of barbershop yeah. is, especially like Cedric, the entertainer. Oh God. He's, he's so funny. In that. Oh my God. Uh, the big sick yeah. shot in Chicago. Yeah. Mm. It's cool to see. Yeah. You know, I haven't lived in Chicago for so long. Like it's, it's cool to see, movies that you can identify landmarks and stuff like that and mm-hmm. things you've got personal history with and like places that you've gone and uh yeah that one that one felt really the way it's shot and the way it's done just a really good movie it's a good story great performances yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's excellent um obviously we got a we got a ton of like let's say so blues brothers i mean yeah. you're talking about lots of comedies here that are <laughs> we're gonna run a lot of comedies but blues brothers Big time, big time Chicago. You don't like Blues Brothers that much, do you? Um, or is it you that doesn't, doesn't like Blues Oh, it's definitely me. I don't know about him. Um, okay. I don't know where I'm at on that. I don't know if I consider it like a super classic, but mm. I, I I think I like it. It's just not, I'm not, I'm not a, a big Blues Brothers fan. Yeah. I love that movie. I, it is weird and it's also jarring, like how much it toggles between reality and fantasy. Because like they'll go into these big, big musical numbers, like the Aretha Franklin one and the the Ray Charles bit, and then uh, of course the Cab Calloway thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just it, that works for me. I love it. I love the music in it. I would probably rather watch Blues Brothers 2000. No, you would nah, not. No, nah, I wouldn't. I just, definitely. I wasn't. just wanted to say something inciting, and I did. So yeah. There you go. Um, the breakup that Jennifer Aniston Vince Vaughn movie. I saw it way back when, but I that's don't... a shitty movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, it does have that one shot. Oh, of her, of her butt. Oh, you pervert! <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. Oh, what were you? No, thinking? it's totally what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, was I just to wanted say, you to say it. That's probably the only thing that but, you would be. Both of the characters in this movie are assholes, mm-hmm. yeah. and then John Favreau comes in, and he's an asshole. Yeah, there was an uh, there was sort of an interesting thing about the breakup, though, because because uh, in mr and mrs smith obviously uh jolie and pitt got together and that's how you know pitt and aniston broke up mm-hmm. and all that vince vaughn was in mr and mrs smith oh, then yeah. then he started dating jennifer aniston did they date i oh, think yeah. so uh, yeah. Oh, yeah and uh and and this was the movie this is the, i think they either met here or whatever made the movie because they made, were dating. yeah made the movie because they were dating or whatever that was an interesting thing to to uh watching the breakup watching knowing that dynamic it really kind of changed the movie a little bit because you knew of their personal life and everything yeah you can't get behind any of the characters here although he is it's very chicagoy because uh vince vaughn is trying to be like a tour guide I yeah think he vaughn in up, chicago was fucked yeah too. he is yeah um there's also bridesmaids mm-hmm. i don't remember much about chicago and bridesmaids i don't either i, I remember so, huh? it feels more like us i know they 
they fly to like Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it just kind of felt like any town USA to yeah. me. Yeah, because I think a lot of it's set in the suburbs. And I think like it is suburby. Like, because she even gets pulled over by that cop, and it's like a farm. Chris where, O'Dowd, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris O'Dowd playing yeah. his same playing Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, like almost every character is that if you ever watch. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Bridesmaids. I'm not either. Although John Hamm is awesome. Yeah, John Hamm is great in it. <laughs> he is. Um, but I remember when this came out, and and uh, a lot of people were like, "Man, this is so great!" and everything. It's like. And I was like, this, if this were a bunch of dudes, this was, this would not be funny. Mm. Like there was an idea that because women showed they could, oh, they can fart mm-hmm. and they can do raunchy humor that this is good somehow. And I was like, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Yeah. And, uh, and I just thought like a lot of those situations in there, I was like, this is, if this were dudes, I'd be the same way about it. I'd be like, this is, I don't. I don't get it. Don't like it. Whatever. Melissa McCarthy. This is like her breakout. Yes. Performance. She got nominated for an Oscar for this. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's I think she's really funny in this. And I mean, what, we've seen so many variations of this character now mm-hmm. that it kind of is like, oh, well, that's just another version of it. But this was like the original kind of uh, breakout there. Mm-hmm. I thought she was funny. Yeah. Um, no, she is. I just I think the movie as a whole, I think some of the things that people find funny about it, I'm I'm just yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, right kind of funny i guess <laughs> there was <laughs> there's that moment where they're getting into a fight at the uh the the rehearsal dinner or something like that and uh kristen wig is talking to maya rudolph and she's like i bet you bleached your asshole <laughs> and then eventually maya rudolph's like my asshole looks beautiful now <laughs> <laughs> that's what i remember nice um <laughs> Candyman. Yeah. Candyman. Wow. Candyman. I almost, <laughs> I almost you... brought Candyman up earlier, I think in a previous podcast, when we were talking about Truth or Dare, uh-huh. where like Candyman was one of those movies, like, well, maybe it wasn't Truth or Dare, but the comment I almost made was making movies scary that are based on urban legends is very difficult because <laughs> you watch something like Candyman and I can't, you can't help but laugh. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, so it takes place in Cabrini green, the project in been Chicago. There. Mm. Yeah. You, it, it's, it's at the time that this came out in 92, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the most dangerous places in America. Mm-hmm. That's uh, when I was there. Really? Oh man. I have, I could fill a whole podcast with the story of this one night. We took a wrong turn. But we, yeah, we drove through. Was the it Judgment heart. Night? <laughs> <laughs> it was the white Christian college kid version of Judgment yeah. Night, where we drove through Cabrini Green, realized at the stop sign we were in Cabrini Green, <laughs> saw a huge mass of people on this one in the morning mm-hmm. on the corner. But it, regardless of race, Cabrini Green was a very dangerous place. Oh yeah, man, and it's easy to take a wrong turn into. It's, it's on the north side, like. Just north of downtown. I was going to say, it's really close to downtown. Yeah, I, it's in between like Wicker Park and like Lincoln Park and, and downtown, mm. basically. So you can find yourself there just accidentally. Yeah. I think it's been torn down now. Yeah, it has. Um, but yeah. It, the They're going to replace that, it with new projects. Yeah, probably so. Uh, but yeah, Tony Todd was just like perfect in that role. He's got it's such a great scary. voice. Yeah. it's That that voice is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. So chain reaction. <laughs> So in the trailer, you remember the trailer where like uh, where the, who's the girl in Chain Reaction? Rachel, Rachel Vice. Vice. Rachel Vice is asking Keanu Reeves. She's like, "What are you doing?" And Keanu Reeves is like, "The best I can." <laughs> <laughs> it also has Morgan Freeman in it. I don't remember a damn. I saw this movie. Yeah. I don't remember a damn. I thing saw about it. it 
maybe a year ago on really? cable just just because I could, didn't remember it and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> it's all I remember is it was the writer of the fugitive. Yeah. Who I think wrote and directed. I this. think it was directed by as well. And that's why I was excited about it because the fugitive had been so fucking awesome. Yeah. And yeah, no. Andrew Davis. No. Mm, yeah. Nice. Andrew Davis. Good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember much about it. Uh, Chirac, which is the Spike Lee movie that came out a couple of years ago. I never saw this. This is a weird movie. And yeah. it's intentionally weird. So it's it's framed as a Greek tragedy. And it has the the verbiage is spoken in like these audacious type of grandiose uh, dialect. It's not just regular dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work at all for me. I thought it was pretty, pretty shitty. Mm. Uh-huh. John Cusack's in it as like the white guy that saves the South Side of Chicago. Oh, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a priest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that based on a true story then? Actually, there is a guy in the South Side, a white priest. I'm just going to stop talking <laughs> all day long. I'm just stepping all over these true stories. <laughs> God damn it! Um, I also see now. Are you sure about this? Chicago was shot in Chicago. Oh man, you I thought what? it was shot on a soundstage. That's <laughs> weird because I thought Chicago was shot in Kansas City. <laughs> Um, that's chicago chicago um 2002 best picture yeah um i i i really liked chicago Mm -hmm. um i did too i don't think i mean i think even back in 2002 i i i actually wanted it to win best picture i don't think i think that now but um what would what would be the the uh, other one? probably gangs of new york or Mm. something uh probably not chicago yeah um <laughs> you just don't like the music in this i hate this movie i hate uh, the only thing i like is that mr cellophane and that's only because it's john c Riley. oh and he's man charming. that that richard gear thing with the reach for the gun and everything that's a that's a oh, good yeah that's oh a great the, number uh, yeah the, the puppet the marionette thing yeah yeah the, the renee zellweger as a puppet and everything by the way renee zellweger, zellweger looks sexy as a puppet <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of weird. <laughs> oh yes, so yes, so yes, so yes. They yeah. reach for the gun for the, the gun. Yeah, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Yeah, he's he's basically playing the entire press. Really like that part. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun movie. Catherine Zeta Jones, man. Yeah, man. Looking vampish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys can have it. Well, we will. Okay, <laughs> we will have it. You can have it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in forever though. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's good. Uh, Child's Play. Yeah. three child's play movies <laughs> i don't know how chicago either Not jonathan Watkins could tell us I think exactly the first about that the movie. first one has a scene where he goes into like some abandoned house or something that's around there i think mm. that's all i remember <laughs> <laughs> i never got the child's play movies i just well no, they were instantly either. they were they were to me offshoots of nightmare on elm street because mm-hmm. the antagonist who's really the hero of these movies right uh, is a wisecracking, jokey type of villain, and it's it is it's not really scary. I don't think. Well, I they mean, didn't maybe. figure out until like the third or fourth one that they go camp with it and it works fine. Oh and yeah, the first yeah. couple of child's play movies are trying to be slashers. Yeah, yeah, but they still have the quippy one liners. It wasn't until they got Tilly, what's her name, Tilly, in yeah, there. Yeah, Jeffrey Tilly bride of chucky and seed of chucky that they started kind of embracing the camp aspect those are actually pretty entertaining yeah those are ridiculous man but like yeah i mean uh, the first child's play i think you're right i think it's tries to be somewhat like a regular slasher movie but he's so (laughs) he's a fucking doll he's a fucking doll it's (laughs) saying all this yeah i mean the juxtaposition is is weird yeah yeah 
Um, anyway, yeah, this is that's the one that it would have been nice to have Jonathan in here. He would have could have, <laughs> could have set us straight on that. Um, Curly Sue, which I never saw. I know that's one of uh, John Hughes' last movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, John Hughes, almost everything John Hughes was in Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Home definitely. Alone. Jim Belushi. Oh, this was Steve Carell's uh, first movie. Oh, yeah? Too. yeah? Wow. What? Yeah. Which one? Uh, Curly Sue. Steve Carell's in that? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch it just to find him now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't remember. I, I never saw it. Um. You said the Dark Knight is cheating on Chicago. I don't know if that's cheating. I think the Chicago is as much of a character, even though it's standing in for Gotham, right. quote unquote. Um, it there's so many Chicago things about Dark Knight. Yep. Lower fifth will be like turkeys on Thanksgiving down there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't sign up for this. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, I mean, with all the stuff on Lower Wacker and all that, and the parade going down there. And even the mayor's office is like right oh, in the middle yeah. of Chicago. And the bridges and the ferries it, that, and the river. That, that movie could not be pretending to be Gotham. I mean, it's Chicago all well, the way. Well, that's why it's so... It, it kind of sticks out a little bit because they didn't go with that aesthetic. They went to Pittsburgh yeah. for The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And then they... Which... It, it, it's so incongruent between mm-hmm. those two movies. Yeah. And even, I think, some uh, of... Uh, original oh batman begins was shot in chicago too mm. but it's certainly not as chicago centric as the dark knight is no and well, i think one of the reasons it works so well is that so many super superheroes their city is either new york mm-hmm. or superman metropolis which mm-hmm. is new york that if you tried to make batman's gotham new york mm-hmm. it would feel like too many other superhero films but no no superhero had really made chicago the backdrop i know and it's beautiful it's perfect mm-hmm. yeah. they should never have gone away from it yeah. yeah oh well whatever um the dilemma another vince vaughn i guess he likes working close to home yeah this uh, is vince vaughn and kevin james right yeah yeah should i tell my friend i saw his girl kissing someone else this, yeah this really should be a minute and a half long movie yeah. i know ron howard did this too ron howard yeah well Seriously? maybe there is hope mm. for solo after all that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I did not know he did this. That's movie. Uh, Winona Ryder is in that. Uh, she's playing Kevin James's girlfriend or wife. Or I, I never saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw the trailer. There's so many of these. This is the Vince Vaughn era where he was trying so hard to come out with that one comedy that would hit. Yeah, he did this four Christmases. Internship. Yeah. Oh that. God, the internship. Yeah. Suck my. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hairy balls. Oh my God. Your um, <laughs> bleached. <laughs> it might as well we're, we're gonna come back back to the bleached asshole stuff now forever um divergent and insurgent shot in See, chicago i haven't seen these these are actually at least the films the first film is, calls it chicago mm. it's just a futuristic chicago that's half destroyed and there's a big wall around it yeah they go by wrigley field one yeah one no it's like it's legit chicago mm-hmm. it's not only set that i'm surprised actually to learn they shot there because what would you need to shoot there yeah. but um set there for sure yeah i don't give a rat's ass about these movies they're not good no i mean even the first one felt like it was ripping off itself <laughs> yeah well it's it comes in the time of all these uh you know adult the young adult um dystopia fiction that comes on the heel of heels of hunger games and everything so it feels like hunger games immediately and and so does maze runner and all that and then in fact all these movies have run so much together that i have confused them in when i've talked about them like i'll be sitting there like oh yeah and maze runner when this happened and somebody's like 
I don't remember that happening in Maze Runner. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. That was Divergent. Who and, was that asshole that's yeah. correcting you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, that's not Maze well, Runner. Well, I think it's pretty telling that Divergent. They're just not ever going to finish that series. They just decided to stop. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how poorly attended they were. Well, they're they like, wanted maybe to- we'll make the last one as a TV show. And then everybody was like, I'm out. Shailene <laughs> Woodley was like, I'm out. I got well, oil to protest. They were going to split Allegiant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were going to split Allegiant into two parts. Yeah. And I could have told you even before Insurgent came out. <laughs> Your your movie, your franchise is not that big. It, yeah. Nobody cares. and They're not that into you. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're like, uh, the, the, I, that was when everybody was like, well, we're going to have the two movies and then yep. we're going to split the two on the last one and whatever. And it's like, sorry, nobody cares. Yeah, Harry Potter and Twilight got away with it because they were Harry Potter and Twilight. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you didn't see Fifty Shades trying to split that last book into two movies. Yeah. Oh God! At least the studio knew at that point we are what we are, and yeah. we're not going to be that. Good God! Um, a movie called Drinking Buddies. That's a Joe Swanberg yeah. movie. That's a oh. very prolific. Guy. Olivia Wilde's in this. Is she? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of people in it. You know, it's it feels Anna like Kendrick. Yeah, it feels like a little indie. Yeah, kind of is. dramedy. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it actually filmed at one of my favorite drinking spots the empty bottle in chicago and uh in ukrainian village and then it was shot up the road a little bit at revolution brewery mm-hmm. and it's about like brewers and and things like that and uh you know going out and getting drunk and uh one couple anna kendrick and uh, jake johnson i think uh end up splitting and one goes with olivia wilde and then one goes with ron livingston and it's it's good. It's and, a, it's a fun watch. Anna Kendrick likes working with the Swanbergs. Uh, like uh, she's been in several of them. Really? Yeah, several of his movies. I saw one, the Christmas one that he did with her, and like a whole bunch, like it was a whole bunch of other people. But uh, she seems to work with him a lot. Hmm. Um, Eagle Eye. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I don't remember Chicago in that movie. I don't but know. Somewhere. Shia LaBeouf, Michelle Monaghan. Was that the last big? That was after Transformers. Was that the last Shia LaBeouf like major release? No, I think one of the Transformers came out after that. Yeah, Did there's that? more Transformers that came after, and uh, I think Indiana Jones came out after. Ah, uh, Eagle Eye was was that 2006? I mean, I'm usually up for these like you know high concept thriller like government's watching you enemy of the state type of thing yeah oh it's 2008 yeah so he came he he did have like most of his big movies by this point but i also think yeah and even disturbia i think came out before this mm. so it was one of his last ones i think mm. um i didn't like eagle eye I, yeah I it's another one fan. where spielberg was really trying to push this guy man no like, really it's not spielberg's spielberg was producer on it but um but Spielberg and LaBeouf, like LaBeouf, he like got a meal ticket from Spielberg, like Transformers, Indiana Jones, Eagle Eye. And then he started shitting on Transformers and, you know, and, and started shitting on Spielberg and Michael Bay. And, you know, that's what happens. You yeah. start. He did a movie with Redford where he's like a reporter. Hmm. I just, I've watched like two thirds of this a couple weeks ago. The, the way the game is played. No, that's the golf one. That's the <laughs> way the game. The company you keep. Company you keep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I know what you're talking about. I know what movie you're talking about. Um, eight Men Out. Love Eight Men Out. Oh, that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, right? You can't make the movie without Chicago. 
Somehow yeah. they went back in time to shoot that mm-hmm. in old timey Chicago. This is John Sales who uh, did Lone Star. And, oh yeah, uh, on uh, Eight Men Out, great movie about the Black Sox scandal, nineteen nineteen. Everybody's in this. movie. Everybody is in this. You have Everybody. John Cusack, DB Sweeney. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, oh, uh, John Mahoney's John in Mahoney, it. John Mahoney, Frazier's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, David Strathairn is in yeah, this. Yeah, David Strathairn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Tom Tom oh. Sizemore. No. I don't know if size Michael Rooker's there. Charlie Sheen's in it. Charlie Sheen. Michael yeah. Rooker has that great line where like they're like, Why would you do this? Why would you why would you throw the World Series and everything? It's like, because you've never worked with somebody like Charlie Comiskey. <laughs> you know, because the, there's a whole thing in there where they like prevent I think Strathairn's character, who's the pit he's a pitcher, yeah. right? Um they they prevent him from getting another start to try to get a win so he could get a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I'm perfectly fine for the world uh, for the World Series. You don't need to rest my arm or whatever. And he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you're you're fine." <laughs> so like doing everything to cheapen out on it. That's that's the sort of the core of why they did all that. Well, stuff. yeah, that's the, I think that's the untold part of the story is that yeah. when, when people just think of the Black Sox scandal, they think, "Oh, players took money, took a dive in the World Series, lost on purpose." But there were reasons they mm-hmm. did it. It wasn't all just greed. It was you know, it's very very strong chance that Comiskey was fucking them over left and right. Oh yeah. yeah. So. Oh yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, obviously. Yeah, that's the, maybe the most Chicago it's movie. Chicago in this whole thing. as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it has all these like just iconic like it's it's like taking a tour of Chicago. Yeah. The entire movie is, and a lot of it is impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it is impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. Take in a game, from... go to the museum, go on the parade. Yeah, they actually okay. So they go from. Uh, Lake Forest, which is way north of the city, all the way down into the city and have their dinner at the the parking garage and all that stuff. Not the dinner at the parking garage, but they do the parking garage and then they go to dinner. Mm -hmm. And then they go all the way back up to Wrigley Field, which Mm -hmm. is not, you know, next door. Watch an entire game. Watch an entire game. They go all the way back down to the museum Mm and do the whole parade And that's like down by the aquarium. Yes. Like way down. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I do, I do love it. Yeah, oh, it's great. Such a great movie, such an iconic '80s film. Another Charlie Sheen sighting. Yeah. Well, and we went in college. My fine art class took a field trip to the museum, and mm-hmm. all I cared about was seeing the shit from the movie, <laughs> especially that uh, that big painting of the people with the parasols by uh-huh. the river. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, the Monet. Yeah, and it was there when I went to see it at the uh, art museum. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, the place was uh, awesome. I, I did a thing with uh, Facebook that day that I went and visited that museum. I found that picture uh-huh. and uh, took a picture of me and then took a picture of the painting, then took one closer of me, then ah. took another one close, <laughs> and I posted them all on Facebook. That's and just, awesome. Whatever. Um, yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a classic. I've heard a couple people in my lifetime who don't like that movie. I mean, I could, I could yeah, I could see why. I mean, it's- if you were... You you like that movie because you either were Ferris Bueller in school or you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. But if you were like the lowest of the social outcasts on the totem pole, the, the least popular kid, the kid who never gets away with anything, you fucking hate Ferris Bueller. Yeah, the the guy that you know is yeah, yeah. one of those guys in every school. Mm-hmm. I went to school with one. His name was John. <laughs> everything i wanted to be good at he was better at mm-hmm. i fucking hate you john anyway so i could see people because because it, it does paint this guy as a hero yeah and really he's a selfish bastard he's selfish he's making everybody else look bad 
in order to get what he wants. I could see that turning. But he some is still off. so nice. Like he's still trying to like pump up his friend and everything. He's trying to make him feel better. You know, he's obviously in love with his his girlfriend, and like he's just he's nice to everybody. Man, yeah. oh, that's man. why they have the save Ferris thing. Mia, Sarah, man, yeah, Whew. right, man. What did did she do a lot after this? She was in time cop. She's in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really upset he didn't let me be the one to tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yep. making a gesture right now Indeed. that tells Barrett about Time Cop. Yes, and it's it's kicking lots of ass. Yeah, totally. She's a kung fu wizard. That's right. A topless kung fu wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah, topless. It's the only way to be. Um, But there is also, I think I've discussed this before, there's that fan theory that uh, Cameron is imagining Ferris the mm-hmm. entire movie. It's his fantasy the yeah. entire time. That's a little too fight clubby for me. Yeah. Because but- how do you explain the girlfriend? Is he imagining her too? I mean, I mean, Fight Club has stuff that he shouldn't be able to be imagining. That's true. Fucking, I hate Fight Club now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Fugitive, another Andrew Davis movie. Super duper Chicago. Great. Well, they even put it in the plot. Yeah. Because they hear the the L train announcer. That's how they figure out he's, he's come back to Chicago instead of running mm-hmm. away is that they hear the L train and that. So, uh, one of the most Chicago movies ever. I yeah. mean, we've even talked about how we stayed in that hotel yeah. when we went up to C2E2. <laughs> and, uh, I, I probably tell that to everybody I talk to. I tell that story. I was in the same hotel. And That's it's right. filled with all sorts of Chicago local actors too. It's like, Hey Rosetti, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> how the hell should I know? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and that, I love, I was thinking about this movie the other day. There are so many things in it, in a, in a big action movie that you don't get as far as dialogue and stuff is concerned. Yeah. There's all these little moments in there where it's like, it's like, I don't know. This is hinky, blah, blah, blah. What is that word you just used? Hinky. You, they, they, movie, like big, huge movies don't bother to pontificate about what hinky means and whatever. And this was a sort of a prelude to what we'd start seeing in the following years, like Quentin Tarantino movies and stuff like that. Like, it's just an interesting big budget picture like it has that kind of dialogue in Mm -hmm. it um so i i don't i don't think i've seen very many movies like it since no and you know there was that period where everybody tried to have the wisecracking uh super sleuth on the trail in fact Mm -hmm. u.s marshals had the same thing Mm -hmm. with tommy Tommy jones Jones. plays this character in like five movies he does yeah yeah because he plays the character in the hunted Mm-hmm. He's in U.S. Marshals, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, what's the other one I'm missing right now? There's one other obvious one where he's chasing somebody, and um, he's a government official. Government official. Anyway, I, he's I, done this multiple yeah, times. Yeah, he's yeah. done it many, yeah, many times. But I don't bark. <laughs> uh, oh man! But yeah, I, I do love this movie a lot. Uh, one day we'll send it, and it'll be a heartbreaking time. <laughs> it will. And as I just think it, it's worth pointing out how adored and revered this movie is by us and by most people Mm -hmm. one of the reasons we have so many remakes this movie was a remake of a television show from the 60s yeah and the show wasn't even all that popular uh they just took the the name of something and changed everything except for the one-armed man but there's where you can you can see remaking something if if it wasn't popular before then making it something better the next time or yeah whatever. but the problem is the studio saw hey their remake just made a big load of money and they didn't they didn't really think through the they remade something that was on the cultural right. radar but wasn't all that popular they didn't go they didn't dive any deeper and that's how you got the avengers the uh ray fines uma thurman <laughs> 
Yes. Which is definitely <laughs> that made was, less money than Black Panther. That was a direct result of The Fugitive. Someone yeah. saw that and they said, let's remake The Avengers right now. Um, uh, Henry, Portrait of a si- Serial Killer. I know yeah. you've seen this. I have not. Michael Speaking Rooker's Michael in this. Rooker, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's great. I mean, uh, it, it it's shot in a way that it makes you feel like uncomfortable with everything because mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it follows from the perspective of the serial killer like the stuff that he does and he stays in chicago i think with a couple of other like murderers oh yeah and uh yeah it's a really really good performance this is probably i guess rooker was in um eight men out before this but this was kind of like his first showpiece yeah this is 86 john mcnaughton of wild things fame <laughs> oh yeah there yeah. you go um but i've heard this is a good movie it actually is. i've mm-hmm. heard i think i've even seen roger ebert uh, praise this movie before mm-hmm. so I'm, i'll have to watch that that'll be a that'll be a recommend from yeah. this from this episode uh high fidelity chicago is fuck <sighs> yep i wonder between the fugitive and high fidelity what my favorite chicago movie is because mm-hmm. Like I've been to the record shop that stood in for for uh, championship vinyl and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's in also in Wicker Park uh, around that area, and man, just the vibe around that area, the vibe around this movie, the way it's shot. Ah, love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, um, uh, Cusack's another Chicago guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so Chicago that he was in the dugout during the World Series last year. <laughs> That doesn't mean anything. He's famous. <laughs> he is. Bill Murray was there too. He was. Yeah. Right behind the uh, home plate. Yeah. Um, home Alone. Oh yeah. Another I've, Hughes. This is Columbus directing, but it's a Hughes movie. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to the house where Home Alone was shot. Oh yeah. The exterior of Home Alone. Was yeah, shot. yeah. 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 And we used to go up there uh, a decent amount, just north of Evanston, mm-hmm. and which is just north of Chicago. Mm. And it is an adorable little village uh with a little like church on the side and a little uh, square it's it's awesome yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i I don't think there's one john hughes we're gonna run in (laughs) there's not one john hughes that wasn't shot in illinois yeah at at least least. partly right um i love trouble holy crap (laughs) yikes i don't know if i ever saw this is this julia roberts nick nolte yes Uh uh-huh okay this is uh james l brooks thank you Mm. yeah Except I don't get to look smart if you say it for me. <laughs> um, yeah, James L. Brooks, um, who could do no wrong at some, at one point, he did this. He did. What's the name of this movie? I Love Trouble. There's another movie he made with Nick Nolte. I think it was Nick Nolte. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> James L. Brooks has not directed very many, so it shouldn't be hard. To well, find. I went on a kick. I went through all of them because once I fell in love with broadcast news, I wanted to see everything he'd made. And so I know I watched I Love Trouble. I thought there was another one about a father and a daughter. I'll do anything. I'll do oh, anything. Yeah. Nice. Hey, maybe I'm turning the day around. Yes. <laughs> Which in, in the Simpsons, James L. Brooks is a producer on yeah. the Simpsons. There was a there's a point where uh, Homer's walking past this. I think it's Homer walking past a, a theater that is a porn theater, and it's like I'll do anyone. <laughs> and sperms of endearment is another, oh, yeah. which uh, James L. Brooks also did. Um, God. I Robot. Yeah. Well, and we, then yeah, uh, let's move on. <laughs> If These Walls Could Talk, which was uh, a, an early TV movie about abortion. It was HBO, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd, I'd say it's it was controversial back then. It probably, if you watched it now, would probably feel like uh, Yeah, antiquated. Sissy Spacek, um, 
And then uh, there, there were three different stories from three different eras, like one in the 60s, one in the 70s, one in the 80s or 90s or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it explores the it's the it's through different decades of what the perception of abortion was. Mm-hmm. Back then. The, if these walls could talk Two came out, which was about lesbians after that. What? Yeah. Had Sharon Stone and Ellen DeGeneres. I'm in lesbians with uh, Ellen DeGeneres uh, has a love scene in that. Movie. Yeah, it was with Sharon Stone. Well, I didn't remember that. Oh, I remember what, that. Uh, why is it named after... Is it a sequel to this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like another woman's issue to... Oh, it's not salacious. It's just... No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. It's like so showing it, them in loving relationships. Okay, and, you said Sharon Stone. I guess that's just a... Yeah, you did. You, you went straight to <laughs> Sliver. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that Sharon Stone. Okay. All right. Um, inside Lewin Davis. Um, yeah, he makes his way to Chicago. Yeah, he makes his way to Chicago. It's more of a New York yeah, yeah. City movie. But uh, but yeah, I don't still don't... I haven't seen it since we were told, scolded, to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember watching it the first time and really, really liking it. And then I think I watched it again after that. And I was like, I don't know about yeah. this movie. So maybe, I don't know. Now that everything, I've had some distance. Everything about that movie I should like, but I just did not. I love the music. The mm-hmm. Timberlake song uh, with uh, Lewin Adam, Davis. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac yeah. uh, is really good. Uh, John Q. I never saw that. I never saw oh, that it's pretty good. Uh, it's actually not. Denzel's awesome in it. <laughs> Um, oh, this is where he's, uh, yeah, he's he doesn't have insurance in the hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. and his wife or kid is going to die and the hospital is basically trying to turn him away and he just goes all righteous in the lobby and it turns into a kerfuffle. Ah. Uh, it's, it's one of those movies, but basically Denzel makes two kinds of movies, mm-hmm. great movies and movies where Denzel is great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. this falls into the latter, mm-hmm. and uh, I would encourage you to watch it <laughs> just for Denzel, just yeah. for Denzel, right. because if the, Batman gets emotional, I get emotional. <laughs> just how it is. <laughs> there was a, as an aside, there was a uh, the the Saturday Night Live that had Bill Hader on it recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, of course they brought back his uh, um, Stefan Stefan yeah. character <laughs> on there and everything, and also John Mulaney did wrote the stuff again because yeah, because that's the way they did it back then, and and. Uh, and uh like every club every hot club or whatever had this this roman j israel esquire (laughs) (laughs) and it was in all three of them so the the shtick is that hater doesn't see it until they do it yeah yeah like the whole thing is that mulaney it was just he was so tickled by his own writing no the whole thing is that mulaney writes it in order to get him to laugh oh and 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 so like that's why he's just sitting there like because he doesn't know what's coming yeah yeah yeah. and and so like all those things that come (laughs) roman j israel because when he did the third one he he cracked up saying yeah. roman j israel esquire <laughs> yeah and I, I, you can tell in that moment uh he's just, <laughs> he's just he, you can see him reading like, oh god <laughs> well and they did another sketch all i do with snl is wait till the next day and have the internet tell me if i need to see any of the sketches mm-hmm. but he did that other one where it was like girls girls game night and like he's the geriatric boyfriend. oh yeah, 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 yeah. did you see that sketch yeah, they start fucking at the table like, yeah. she's like it's no different than breastfeeding and she's like riding up on down on him and he's like oh yeah. he's like honey it's happening and she gets over and sits on oh that's great uh all right uh we we finally got into it you're just another victim kid judgment night god judgment Judgment night Night. i only Uh, saw it once um i've probably seen it oh three times or so probably Mm -hmm. around there and it was probably mainly when 
I was working at a movie theater. Judgment Night was just like Demolition Man or any of these movies back in 1993 that I would go in on my break yeah. and watch. And it was just, there's just something fun about it. I don't know why. It's just, it's them like taking the wrong turn and just. Uh, it is funny that there's, I don't remember a lot of black people in this movie. No, it's Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary's the, the gang member, yeah. right? Or the gang leader, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. And he's he's doing it. I mean, this was what you did with Dennis Leary. You put him in, you make him, you'd, you'd introduce him, and then he would do a Dennis Leary rant yes. at some point. That was his thing. And he has a rant in this as well. Plus, I mean, it's a lot more authentic than you'd think. Back in that time, white gang leaders were really prominent in the South. South oh, yeah, South. for sure. Well, in Bridgeport, maybe. But listen to this soundtrack. Mm -hmm. If you're a child of the 90s. Just another victim, Oh, kid. my God. <laughs> so you got House of Pain with Helmet. All right, that's fine. De La Soul with Teenage Fan Club. Run DMC with Living Color. Onyx and Biohazard yeah. with the title track. Uh, Slayer and Ice-T. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth. <laughs> oh, so psyched right now yeah. sir makes a lot in mud honey that one was a fun one yeah. oh i love this one dinosaur jr and del the funky homo sapien with That's the missing right. link that one's awesome and then therapy mm -hmm. and hussein fatal and pearl jam and cypress hill that's back Jesus. in the day man they used to do those uh combination band yes. songs yes they don't love do it. that nearly enough no. anymore no. no they did that cheryl crow kid rock <laughs> 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 remember when chubby checker and the fat boys did the <laughs> yes that's correct chubby checker the doing and the, the fat boys <laughs> we're doing the twist you remember that right yes yes all right yes. that was like 1988 i yeah. think somewhere around there Didn't the fat boys do Wipeout too yeah yep yeah hit a d <laughs> yeah oh yeah um but no there's something about there's something about movies about ju like judgment night which take place all in one night mm -hmm. and everything there's something i don't know comforting about that even though it's a lot of like you know people who could get killed yeah. by i don't know there's something i love i can just sit down and just ease into those movies for some reason yep. and that's judgment night is one of them um a league of their own another kind of that's chicago right. was fuck movie very much yeah. yeah penny marshall directed this one i like this movie so much mm -hmm. every time i watch it because tom hanks gives at that point like a different take of tom hanks mm -hmm. like he's actually playing a character yeah and uh works really well the thing i like about tom hanks and gina davis in this movie is that there there's no spark whatsoever romantically between those two yeah like she's waiting on bill pullman to come bill Pull she's waiting on her husband to come home who's right, played right. by bill pullman and he just recognizes her as a ball player eventually and they just have a coach player relationship yeah. it just doesn't happen like that and, and maybe it's because it's directed by a woman but i i don't know i like i like a lot of this movie yeah and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh really good actors and well just, david strathairn yeah david strathairn of course <laughs> now um, you want to talk about a killer soundtrack <laughs> yes madonna that's this right this used to be our playground <laughs> yes that's correct what We're, would happen if i slide into home and my bosoms come out <laughs> <laughs> rosie o'donnell yes exactly um uh Lori petty? Lori petty yeah yeah um john lovitz yeah uh there's Go a home give the wife a little pickle tickle yeah <laughs> it's, it's like it's like what was what's the amount that he offers them like oh. we only get this much and blah 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 well then this would be more wouldn't it <laughs> uh yeah i love that movie mad dog and glory another john mcnaughton he must like chicago he must be from chicago i guess as well. so do you guys remember this movie what yeah. a really 
like lost to time movie. Yeah, this really yeah. is. This is the one that has De Niro. Yeah, is De Niro, Uma Thurman, and Bill, Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray, a real role reversal because Bill Murray is the mob He's boss, the bad guy, and yeah. De Niro's like the schlubby regular dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally that's literally all I remember. I know I, I saw it. I don't remember much about it either. I remember kind of liking it though. Yeah. So Bill Murray as the mob boss to repay De Niro for doing something like you know saving him from a traffic accident or something gives him uma thurman right 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 as as like for for a certain amount of time you can have her for 40 days mm-hmm. or something like that and then de niro ends up falling in love with her and then having to to figure out how he can release her from this bond yeah yeah uh but yeah man those three as that's a how core, i met my wife actually yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. it, happens it happens more than every you would day. think yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh but yeah it's a really fun movie and it's it's one that you never see on like the the premium channels or anything like that not pushed by netflix you think with all the bill murray worship that they actually stole this plot from that seinfeld episode where milos sends his girlfriend to sleep with jerry that's, that's right. right that's payback <laughs> um <laughs> i cannot do it <laughs> uh the man with the golden arm another great frank sinatra role yeah man and, and man when i first watched this i was like i did not know they could make movies back then like this because mm. he's strung out on like heroin yeah and it, what's weird is that the drug is never mentioned mm-hmm. but it's totally heroin. yeah 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 totes it, yeah totes but, it, but it, yeah, it's him totes he's horse. always like tying up his arm and everything and mm-hmm. like shooting up and everything um, but yeah, to, to, uh, talk about drugs this frankly back in the, not to, no pun there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was this like the fifties, wasn't it? It was the 55 or something, yeah. I think, something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I didn't know that you could do that. It, that's, it's a kind of, I would recommend that movie for sure. Uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, uh, meet the parents. Yep, Man, another Chicago. It doesn't feel Chicago yeah. to me. No, that's where they—that's where he's a nurse. Like uh, they're in the city and they go out to the suburbs to meet. So it's just parents. like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I guess. All right, we much. can move on. Um, <laughs> another De Niro. What if I was a bombardier? Mo Money. I I know I've seen this. I don't remember a thing except Damon Wayans, isn't it? I don't even remember that. Yeah, that's Mo basically. Money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe. Well, and, and, and in Living Color, they had the characters. I think. Well, did they have characters that said Mo Money? I'm not sure if they did. Anyway, um, <laughs> my best friend's wedding. Yeah, Julia Roberts. Uh, was it Rupert Everett? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz. Dermot. Dermot. Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. Well, um, yeah, because Rupert Everett and Dermot Mulroney look almost the exact same right? yeah and then, and then you, there's dylan, dylan McDermott. McDermott, who has the same name almost as dermot mulroney i remember because that line where she says i got moves you've never seen which is seared into my brain mm-hmm. for private time right right um <laughs> they're in a box like an owner's box at a baseball game mm-hmm. probably a cubs game or a white Sox game that's literally the only chicagoness about the movie i can remember mm, yeah and i'm sure there's probably something else in there mm-hmm. and i did only see it the one time but nothing about that my memory of that movie screams chicago this was kind of a phenomenon wasn't it i guess just because of the the people that were involved it seemed like everybody was talking about this well rupert was on his way up Uh uh-huh and julia was not yet on her way down oh yeah she was was kind of peak everything Mm -hmm. um i don't know about dermot Mulrooney though i don't think i mean he's fine you know what's really weird is Mm. that we've mentioned a ton of people who guessed it on friends today interesting dermot Mulrooney has like a six episode arc on friends sean penn that was in the last episode, but 
which we recorded a week ago. That's right. That was totally a week ago. <laughs> you remember the Sean Penn arc, though? In, in oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He dates Phoebe's twin. Right. Yeah. And then, well, Brad Pitt has a guest role. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on that show. Yeah, I remember this being a hit. It was a pretty sizable one. 127 million domestically in 1997. That was that's a pretty large hit back mm-hmm. in 1997. The problem for it was it was in the theaters with Men in Black. Oh so yeah, so that's what it was trying to compete with. Ah. Came out uh, it was like a maybe a week or two before Men in Black, yep. June 20th. Uh, it made almost 300 million worldwide. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I remember it doing pretty big business, but uh, well, this is the this this movie is why we got Runaway Bride, but Runaway Bride wasn't good. That's right. <laughs> that's correct. And Julia Roberts is kind of an asshole all the way through this movie too. Um, man, through Runaway Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, she is, and and then when she, and then in the actual real life Runaway Bride, where she left Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this movie, if I remember the premise right, and again, I saw this in the theater uh, once, so my memory could be fuzzy, but I'm pretty sure this is one of those things where like they had her and Dermot Mulroney had a pact, yeah, to yeah. marry each other if they were both single when they were thirty, mm-hmm. and she is expecting that pact to be fulfilled, only to find out he's met Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly. Uh, and so, what yeah, it is. she's plotting and scheming the entire movie to break up that relationship. Yeah, imagine being stuck between 1997 Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I I I like Julia Roberts more than most. I think. I like Cameron Diaz more than most. Probably. Mm, I, I like Cameron Diaz quite a lot. <laughs> My friend sent me a picture the other night. He was watching a Jumper or something. Sends me a picture of Rachel Bilson. Oh, and he says, yeah. uh, he says, what was the name of the actress? He says, discount Mila Kunis. And oh. within like five seconds, I wrote, you take that back. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Bilson can be her own thing. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't know her name. I didn't know she was. I was like, dude, she was on the OC. She yeah. was a jumper. She gets to be her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel She's not Bilson a discount anything. Is, yeah. 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 We, we shouldn't ever be saying that. Uh, another wedding movie. Another big one. My big fat Greek wedding was apparently. Why was this such a big deal? Well, it had a grassroots kind of campaign. It did. It, I think it was a combination of the, the 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 campy cuteness of the Greek culture, the way this movie presents it, mm-hmm. um, the rags to riches story of Neovardalos mm-hmm. who made the movie and starred mm-hmm. in it, uh, and was basically nobody at the time. Uh, I think it was that, and it just kind of the right time, right to place, right time. It also, just kind of snowballed. Also had uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson as producers who went around championing the sure. movie. Oh. Uh, I believe I could be wrong, but this could be this. This movie holds a record for most money made without ever being number one at the box office. Oh, really interesting. I uh, believe it. Um, it made over maybe not two hundred, but it it made over a hundred something million. And it it was just one of those that just kept making seven eight million dollars in its long, later run. Yeah, Maybe, I remember it being around for a long time. It would always be third or fourth or whatever, but it just kept, you know, it, it, it more and more cities kept getting it later and well, later. And it stayed in the theater that I worked oh, at for forever. No kidding. And it was always twenty five to forty like gray hairs in there <laughs> coming to check out what they'd heard about down at the KFC. it is charming though did you like it yeah it's uh, the problem is that i saw it after it was this phenomenon and so what i'm seeing is a charming run-of-the-mill romance mm-hmm. not greatness yeah not 
Like, oh, the guy makes Windex jokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the guy from Northern Exposure. Yeah. He's it did, dreamy. It did yeah. make over. It made $241 million. Um, That's outstanding. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it opened in April of 2002. And then it, um, it, it, it made like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then it was like a million here, a million here, a million here, a million here. Finally, it looked like it got a big expansion around August 30th God that year. Yeah. And it weighed 11 million that weekend. Wow. That's already after it had made 63 million. And then it made another 14 million the following week. Oh. And then 10 and 10 and then nine, nine, eight, eight, seven, six, Damn. Five, five. It just kept going. Yeah, it was wow. sitting there forever. Wow. Um, so it was just kind of a phenomenon, I guess. And that's exactly why they waited 15 years to make a sequel. Yes. <laughs> um, you didn't see the sequel, did you? No. No, I have yeah, a little bit of pride. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation series, essentially, yep. all shot. I mean, now we found out Christmas Vacation was shot off in like uh, Colorado. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's Chicago. I mean, come on. Definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah. All those movies have the Chicago and that's works, another John Hughes. Yeah, exactly. He works downtown and they go to the big mall, uh, the, uh, the Galleria down there and, uh, to, uh, to buy the underwear. Can't, yeah. It can't be any hooter hotter than it is. <laughs> uh, He's trying himself yeah, off with the panties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Negotiator. Yeah. Ooh. Another big one. I feel that's like right. that's a pretty strong Chicago movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they set the, they set the space pretty well with those exterior shots and all the B roll. And that's just, just, it's gotta be the most watchable B plus movie ever made. I know. Cause we really can't, can't recommend this enough. You can't call this movie bad. Right. At worst, this movie's just a little over the top in all areas. <laughs> But it's not great. Yeah. It's not like this should have won Oscars. No, it's it's a solid B plus. <laughs> but man, it's the most watchable B plus ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just got so many great. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that guy. Uh, just the movie. Just David Morris is in this. Yeah, it's like every character actor ever is in this. Yeah, Leo from The West Wing is in this. J T. Walsh is in this. Paul Giamatti is in this. <laughs> Uh, it's just you'll turn every time you turn around, you're going to be oh that guy. So Samuel L. Jackson is the lead negotiator, right? And he gets set up, and he, then there are two. Of course, there are two big negotiators in Chicago. Yeah, he's one, and Spacey's the he other. He gets set up for a money laundering scheme and his partner's murder, and decides to take hostages instead of you know letting the legal system work its course. Yeah. <laughs> well, these. Set up by uh, corrupt cops, though, right? Well, yeah, he's set up by, but you'll, by the end of the movie, you'll find out half the people you've met are corrupt cops. Yeah. But it's still, anyway, so yeah, he takes hostages, and then they've, they've got to turn to the other hot shot well, hostage negotiator. And that's what's fun also about it, is that because he's a negotiator, he knows all the tricks. He knows the, what they're, the steps, y- yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and they play with that. They yeah. do a good job running with that. Yeah, his name is, uh, Spacey's character is called Chris Sabian. Mm. Get me Chris Sabian! <laughs> now you're going to have to deal with both of us. <laughs> yeah, and of course it cuts to him and he's have, he's doing negotiations between his wife and his daughter. Because <laughs> his daughter made a joke about the dress his wife was wearing and now his wife won't come out of the bedroom. <laughs> See, he negotiates at home as well as on the job. He's a ah, negotiator, yes. man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, never been kissed. Drew Barrymore movie. Don't need to talk much about it, probably. Uh, nothing in common. Tom Hanks, Paul, uh, Jackie Gleason. Yeah, way back. I've seen it in forever. Oh man, it's interesting. This was one of the first like semi-dramatic roles that Hanks ever ever took Mm -hmm. because he's Jackie Gleason is his father, and I think this was Jackie Gleason's last role. Oh yeah, uh, in a feature at least, and he's got to reconnect for whatever reason with his father, and seeing these two with their different comedic styles, but also like 
with all this angst between them. That's mm. really, really interesting. I never stuff. saw it. Huh? That's Check good. That out. It's good. Yeah, it was the last film. He was uh, dealing with colon cancer. Yeah, he was in rough shape. Yeah, yeah. I ha- yeah, I haven't seen it in forever, but. Um... Anyway, opportunity knocks. Ooh, Dana, <laughs> Dana Carvey. Uh, I as, as the I was at the perfect age to enjoy opportunity knocks. I I, I couldn't possibly enjoy it today. Uh, in fact, I saw it come on um, a year or two ago, and and the the whole finale of it is so ridiculous. Where because he's lied to this girl that he's fallen in love with the entire movie. He's a con man. He's right? a con yeah. man. And then, like, the last 15 minutes, it feels like, is like him going, I love you. And he's like, I know what I was, and I was lying to you all the time, but I love you, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And she ends up like, okay, because it's all, you know, it's, it's the way movies are. I bet those impressions are super dated, too. Yeah, I mean, he, George Bush yeah. is, like, was his big thing. His, he, his whole... Like they invent an entire scene in order to get him into a bathroom to be like, act like George Bush and be like, these blowers are the best. Or these like hand dryer things are the, are the best so that some businessman will think that they're the best. You know, it's just, yeah, they, it's funny whenever somebody does impressions really well, they always find some way, like, let's, let's find a way. Yeah, totally. Do that George Bush impression, you know, invent an entire. Well, even when Will Ferrell hosted SNL like three months ago, he did George Bush. Bush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and he's not even good at impressions. No, oh, no. He's so perfect with that Bush, though. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Opportunity Knocks. That was a perfect thirteen-year-old movie for him. Um, well, we're halfway through the alphabet. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're almost there. We won't have to go through every one of these. But planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep. Fuck, fuck, Another fuck, great fuck, John fuck. Hughes movie. Those mm-hmm. aren't pillows. <laughs> those aren't pillows <laughs> uh, i love planes trains and automobiles uh primal fear great yep. movie yeah well, absolutely could be any i mean it is in chicago and they do state it there's mm-hmm. a couple of parties early on laura linney's interaction with richard gear mm-hmm. they, they talk about chicago a bit but that really could have been in any city yeah it could be god what a ending what yeah. an ending and you know what that ending is probably why ed norton's a little bit of a dick probably so you know that ending is weird because it it sets you up i forgot really like how much it sets you up for that because he switches back to this other personality well, early you on think that you think the twist is going to be something else and then it twists to that I yeah because he, he shows his hand early like he reverts to the, the mm-hmm. evil dude yeah and then he goes back to the stuttering kind of like introvert and then there's a reason given it for it there, there's all this like you know trauma in his past and everything and then when when it slaps you in the face at the end, you're like, "What? I thought I was prepared for whatever this movie was going to throw." Mm-hmm. Could you tell tell Miss Venable, uh, "I'm sorry about her neck." Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then it comes yeah. back. What about her? Neck? How did you know about her neck? <laughs> there um, was no Aaron counselor. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's a good movie public enemies uh one of the all time biggest fails. Uh, like you'd think. Did would- that make any money? No. It didn't. No. Not not as much as it spent. No. God. I mean, I don't know. I I've said it before. I don't know how you fuck up this movie. Yeah. That's well, you got it's it's Father's Day all over again. You had the the right actors, the right talent behind the camera, and it just yeah, it didn't work. What went wrong? Uh, but again, it, there are moments of Public Enemies that work. Mm. That scene in the woods outside the lodge yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm showing that it made 214 million, but that may be worldwide. It has to be worldwide. Well, plus um. Those are yeah, it was ninety-seven million domestic. Yeah, yeah, I man. I guess I guess that was a decent hit here then. Yeah, 
I don't when I when we had it, uh, I was working in a movie theater at the time. I don't remember it doing anything ever. The production budget was reportedly a hundred million. Really? Yeah. So it did spend more than it made in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, but it, its worldwide take might have actually made it break break even. How do you spend a hundred million dollars on that movie? Travel. Yeah. Costumes. Maybe Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp get like ninety million. I bet he, I, no, I bet he made. I bet he made bet somewhere he made, over ten million. Yeah, I bet he made twenty. Wow. Um, mm. yeah, I, I was uh, I was so disappointed. That had so that should have been so great. To yep. Me. yep. Red Heat. Don't remember anything about Red Heat. Uh, Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yo, yo, ma. Uh, the relic. Uh, yeah. Another. That was a museum creature movie. That was at the uh, the Museum of uh, History. That's Chicago. yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that's yeah. like literally right next to Shed. Yeah. Like right across the street. Right on the lake. With this the was uh, Peter Hyams did this. He was he Ooh. did Time Cop and he did 2010. <laughs> How many times is Time Cop? Time Cop's gonna come up every time we get a chance. <laughs> well, listen. I threatened a few weeks ago to give you 20 minutes on Time Cop. I'm just gonna do it one day. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna know what's coming. To- He's going to say, with me as always, is Jeremy Scott, the voice of Cinema Sins, and I'm going to go, Time Cop. Yeah. And I'm just going to start. And then and then after you're done, I'll be like, and with, from Music Video Sins, Barry <laughs> Hello! <laughs> oh we should do that. That would be amazing. Uh, risky Business. Love Risky right? Business. Yeah, Great movie. Um, uh, the guy who directed it, I can't think of his name right off the bat, uh, felt like he could have had a better, bigger career. He's Turtle Top. Yeah, Turtle Top. <laughs> what a weird movie, though. What a weird subject matter for like a casually um, successful movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was Tom Cruise before he was big. This might have been one of his launching. Might have been one of his launching points. Be. I'm not sure. Paul Brickman is who you. Paul talking. Brickman. Yeah, he was a guy that uh, after this, it, I don't think he did very much after this. Um, Road to Perdition. Boom. Yeah. This is Chicago's fuck. Yeah. Because. It's just an older Chicago than you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a movie that's got the balls to give me a straight up gangster action flick in Al Capone's Chicago and never show me Capone. <laughs> Capone's not in that? No, Nitty is. And wow. it's um, help. Yeah. Stanley Tucci yeah. is playing Nitty. Mm. Um, and that's as high as you ever get in the Capone organization. Uh, and you've got Newman is playing you know, an, an aging lieutenant out in the suburbs. So mm-hmm. he's his own boss of his own crew, but he still answers to Capone up in Chicago. Um, fucking everybody in this movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman, outstanding. Yeah. Um, when he gets so angry at Connor, his son, for, well, killing somebody he shouldn't have, and he's like, I curse the day you, you're, I curse the day you were born! I curse it! <laughs> and it's like you expect it to be some scream but he just kind of loses energy ah oh, god i love everything about this movie and uh it just it's a master class in setting mood um uh, just love it hmm. everybody go watch it yeah everybody. it's a it's a movie that uh was basically unfairly uh well you know sam mendes was this was a uh, follow-up to american beauty yep. So a lot of people were like, well, this isn't American Beauty. Yep. And, There's no comedy here. Yeah. And um, I, the one thing I will always take this movie to task for is making Tom Hanks a bad guy, mm-hmm. but then making him still the good guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's still Tom Hanks in this. Mm. Like he does, I guess he does bad things, but he can never be shown being a really like, you, you don't like him. Tom Hanks always has to be likable. Except for in the circle. 
Oh, really? Yes. Well, maybe he's get reached an age now where he doesn't <laughs> care. He don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, the movie goes maybe a little too far because the kid even asks early on about dad's job. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, he works for Mr. Rooney. Mr. Rooney helped him out when no one else would take care of dad. And, and now he loves him so much. He's, you know, he wants to help him in way he can. It goes out of its way to make it seem like, yes, he did just shoot a guy with a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. But it's still only because he loves this old man so much <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for giving him a life. And I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree at all. But yeah. the, the, this movie's all about fathers and sons. And I have a complex relationship with my father as many men do mm-hmm. but this movie at times is about tom hanks's relationship with michael his son mm-hmm. when they're out on the road together but at times it's about his relationship with the other son because michael's like you you were different with peter than you are with me and they talk about that for a bit well then you've got paul newman and his son who is uh, james bond <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that uh, Sam Mendes and Daniel Craig did this before Yeah, that. and I don't think that's a coincidence that Daniel Craig ended up being Bond when mm-hmm. Sam Mendes did Took a Bond Yeah, movie. yeah. Um, so they have a legit father and son relationship. Well, then you have the imagined father and son relationship between Paul Newman and Tom Hanks' character. Mm. And it's just, it's just rich in all the different complexities of fathers and sons and how they try to care for each other and go wayward in doing so it's good stuff yeah i think it has built up uh more of an appreciation over the years for sure it only made 100 million uh domestically which is still a decent hit back in the day uh but i think more people have gotten have have started to like this movie yeah when i tweeted out this is probably six or eight months ago but i tweeted out something about why it's not seen as a modern classic. I don't get this. And most of the responses were, I love that movie. So mm-hmm. I, I thought, well, maybe I just, maybe just wouldn't we'll talk about it as much, mm-hmm. but maybe it does have more fans than I realized. But mm-hmm. for a while there, it felt like I was on an island thinking that, like most people I talked to thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Uh, but it seems like it's developing that reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. And when they take that, they take the audio out. He's shooting that Tommy gun in the rain. Oh, yeah. That's a great scene. He's panicking. Guys are falling down randomly. Mm -hmm. And all you can see at the end of the street is the light from the gun sparking off. (laughs) And maybe the shadow outline, the silhouette of Tom Hank. Ah, that scene is so badass. And then Paul Newman's like, I'm glad it was you. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like ah! <laughs> he knew he had a gangster's life there's no question he's gonna die by the bullet but he's actually happy that it gets to be this guy yeah god damn i want to watch it right now i think we've sold road to perdition no kidding uh one movie we will not be selling is rookie of the year <laughs> <laughs> this is only chicago because they chose the cubs that's right, right. thomas ian nicholas <laughs> there is a there is, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's that once in a lifetime story, right? Where you're a kid in watching your favorite team and suddenly your, your arm has magical powers. Yep. Yes. Yep. You can throw a hundred miles an hour as a 12 year old kid. It's very rare that it happens, but. In this movie, they 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 go through that very real thing. Could he always do that, or was there like an accident? There was. I got, can't even no, remember he, what fucking he broke happened. his arm, and when they took the cast off, it had somehow hyper accelerated the movement oh. forward of his arm. <laughs> like 
he, he tries to throw something hard. He doesn't even think to throw a baseball at first. Uh-huh. It's just his arm moves super fast when he moves it down now. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and this then... movie does everything that you expect it to do, too. Like, he becomes a big sensation, and then then when it's the last game, he loses the power. <laughs> yeah. And then he has to le- he has to do all these tricks and shit. He has right. to actually p- out-pitch a major league batter somehow. <laughs> well, he, he, there's a point where he walks a batter, I think, and then uses the hidden ball trick to oh, get... Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, lots of stuff like that. <laughs> the Santa Claus. Yes. Ah, Chicago. It is Chicago. I guess the suburbs. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it starts out at that toy place where he works. And then, yeah, it's Chicago. But... I tell you what, man, I like the Santa Claus. Oh, the I first haven't... one's charming as hell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Like, because they made so many of them and they got so bad, it tarnishes the reputation in your mind of the first one. Mm-hmm. My wife loves the first one so much. It's one of her first must watch this at Christmas every year watch mm. it. So I I end up seeing it every year mm-hmm. and it holds up plenty well. Tim Allen is a funny dude in the right circumstances. He is. He and, is. You know, I I think if we view him currently as a guy who's lost his funny, it's only because he got so political with that last man standing show and yeah. started playing so hard to one side of the political audience. Um my wife watches that show too. Does she Basically, really? my wife watches everything. <laughs> well, she loves she loved the old home improvement. Mm-hmm. And so I think what she watches the new one for is those, that there's maybe one or two moments every show where it gives her a laugh, just like home improvement yeah. used to. And, a lot of his old humor plays on misogyny and, you know, gender sure, roles and sure. stuff like that. At that point, we were OK with that. We thought mm-hmm. it, it was still funny. And it's not like he can't be funny outside of that, like with Galaxy Quest and things like that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, save the last dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a Chicago movie. This oh, yeah. is also a Cinema Sims like like early origination type of movie for me because Jeremy and I both watched this movie uh, when it came out uh, Thursday night before it came out, and at the beginning of it, Julia Stiles is on a train and she's just <laughs> lost her mom. And Jeremy goes, "She's on the just lost her mom train." Oh or my god. <laughs> <laughs> This is like the first five minutes of the movie. I couldn't stop laughing at that. That was one of the funniest. And I think we had a couple of other people in there. Like, like one of the concession manager was in there. And she and she's like, is this the way the movie's going to be? You guys talking about this stuff like this? We like, yes. Yep, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm probably not even doing it justice. It was something like that that he said. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and of course... The only living relative that she can live with is her white jazz musician father who happens to live in poor black portions of Chicago. Right, right. <laughs> so she ends up at a school where she's basically like the only white girl. That's There's right. actually one other white girl, I think. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's almost like for a bit the movie is playing with reverse racism, even though it quickly shifts back into just regular racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ends up getting into Juilliard because she does a dance that's a blend of uh, ballet and hip hop. And hip hop, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Which is, mm-hmm. which is what all the kids are doing God, today. Yeah. Julia Stiles is beautiful yeah. in that movie. Well, I had a tiny bit of a crush on her she's for probably, a couple yeah. movies. She's probably in my top five all the time. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And she's... Never mind. Yeah, I know. We 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 always run the risk of being pervy and stuff, but uh, I, just, yeah, I, I think we're, you know, I think it's okay that we're red blooded straight males. No, I said she's beautiful. Pretty yeah, girls, pretty. I mm-hmm. don't think that we have to be hedging on that. 
That's that true. doesn't mean we're pervy just because I do this <laughs> when I'm talking about Mia <laughs> Sarah about, yeah. and Time Cop. That doesn't mean Has I'm Julia being Has Julia Stiles ever been naked in a movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken with authority. <laughs> that was spoken with such authority. That was uh, that was a Stormy Daniels answer right there. Man. He has he has asked and answered this question long before you stepped foot in here today. Um, and I also could have answered the question. There is a scene in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You where she does it off screen. Right, essentially, yeah, yeah. She flashes the teacher. Right. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm sure there. You know what? Who knows? There's probably some movie out there that she's done it, but uh, no, no one. Unfortunately, I feel like, I feel like you, your answer was strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, no, <laughs> and yeah. I'm pissed. That's right. I mean, I was totally expecting it in Born Identity, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it yeah. just didn't See, happen. I was expecting it in Down to You. Oh yeah, Down to You. That would have been a good one. What was Down to You? One of a dozen bullshit, forgettable movies she made back when she was popular. Oh man. Um. Uh, speaking of nudity, Sex Drive. Hey, oh, <laughs> I never saw this. This is a funny you movie. Have to That's see this what movie. I've heard. It's hilarious. I mean, it's it. It's it's got a little bit of the goof factor that you may not like in it, but I thought Seth Green's funny in yep. it and everything. Even even the sort of he's not the lead character in it or anything. Oh, but, he he steals that. But movie, Seth Green though. does steal the movie. Yeah, um, Clark Duke. Clark Duke is, is, is amazing yeah, too. Yeah, Clark Duke is great in it. Even James Marsden is funny in this. <laughs> he he's is an hilarious. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't remember the main guy's name, but it uh, might as well be Thomas Ian Nichols. Might as well be Thomas. It is Tom. It's it's Thomas Ian Nichols. Oh, all right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's yeah, a funny movie. It's though. a funny movie. It's a it's a, about a guy who. Uh, I mean, this is almost catfishy in a way. Mm-hmm. um he uh he meets a girl online and and uh the girl like he, he's he thinks that she thinks that he's this football player that he keeps showing online like mm-hmm. he's this big like awesome football player and she is uh, does she even she doesn't even show her picture does she no i think so she's like this sex pot person that lives in knoxville so they had yeah. to drive from chicago to knoxville and it's oh. is it is it yvonne strahovsky that is the it's 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 one it's it's either her like i get her and the uh, girl from 30 Man, any trip where the destination is knoxville is a <laughs> shitty trip except for the simpsons no <laughs> uh, it's katrina bowden who was in 30 rock uh, i get katrina bowden and yvonne strahovski mixed up sometimes but um but oh Kat- is she the receptionist in 30 rock? Yeah, yeah she she's the one that tina fey always makes the age jokes right. about um but uh but yeah and then so he got he there's this whole promise i'm gonna you i'm gonna let you have sex with me if you come down here or whatever and so they had this big it's a big road trip movie mm-hmm. essentially at that point and uh yeah it's, obviously it's it's uh it's it's just uh, it's just a fun movie it it's is. not great by any means but it's it'll make you laugh it's wow. better than road trip i really liked road mm, trip i know mm. and i it's that kind of movie but i think it's it's funny okay uh it doesn't have any anal jokes no anal jokes? No. Then on, on why would I watch it? Right. I mean, that's part of the criteria. <laughs> Wasn't that a road trip where they, they do the thing with Sean William Scott? Where she, oh, she does they go like to a, a prostate bank thing. And she does prostate massage. Oh. Oh. I thought you were going back to the bleaching the ass. <laughs> well it has been a while since we've said that i know so that's why i Um, thought he was going back speaking speaking of speaking of bleaching the ass some like it hot hey hey Uh, (laughs) oh 
Um, this is a great movie. It is. It's a great movie. Um, apparently Marilyn Monroe was very hard to work with on this. I think that's got that's sort of the reputation she got on all of mm-hmm. her movies. But uh, it's one of those where apparently it took many takes, and she had to like have things a certain way, and and was you know it's one of those classic type of like oh she was really hard to work with anyway the final product though yeah is fantastic jack lemon is great in it tony curtis tony is curtis yeah uh they actually so they dress up as women they dress to, up as women to get into this uh it's like some sort of uh god what it's is like it? a review or something yeah they and they have yeah they have to be women to uh-huh. get into it and uh and uh so like they are pretending this whole time of course i think tony curtis falls in love with marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. as the woman and everything and it has that great final line too because there's one there's a guy who falls in love with the jack lemon as a woman character mm-hmm. and uh and there's that it's one of those great all-time things they're driving down the road at the end and everything and the guy asks jack lemon's character to marry him and everything and he goes he goes no no you don't want to do that you don't want to do that and he's like no i really do i i'm, I'm in love with you and and jack lemon pulls off the wig and he's like i'm a man and, and he goes well nobody's perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those all-time great lines but yeah some like it hot that's another movie i would definitely recommend yes. from this podcast if you haven't seen it it's of course one of those all-time classics you have heard of it probably but if you haven't seen it you should see it mm-hmm. source code love source code yeah, yeah that's uh duncan duncan yeah, jones duncan jones yeah back before he made Warcraft. no time for love duncan jones <laughs> <laughs> was this uh that's funny was this before Moon or after Moon? This was after, after. Moon. After. Yeah, Moon yeah. was his original. Moon, this, one more, yeah. and then Warcraft. Right. This is Something an interesting, with- like, because Moon wasn't like a big studio movie, Did was he do it? that movie with no. Kira Knightley? No. Moon, Source Code, Warcraft. That's okay. How it goes. And then he's got a movie called Mute coming out. Oh, that's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay um but yeah, yeah really enjoyable source code's another kind of a groundhog day type of thing we don't really remember this one i don't think as a groundhog day type right. of thing uh it was only until like edge of tomorrow came out that i feel like we got that yeah maybe people were talking about i guess people were probably saying this was like groundhog day but i don't remember that right but it's kind of that type of thing jake gyllenhaal uh is on a train and he has to keep he keeps dying and he has to keep he has to figure out who's the who's the culprit in all of this and um, it's another. This is another. Was it Michelle Monaghan? Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, Michelle Monaghan's in this too. <laughs> She's like the stealth most mentioned person on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but uh, but yeah, he every time he dies, he 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 goes back. Vera Famiga is the is the like person in charge of this program. That Aren't they, they keep, angry with him? Yeah, like, they keep getting progressively more annoyed. Like, why aren't you getting this done? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, you put me in. Like, how am I supposed to know? Am I supposed to go up and ask everybody? I need to watch this movie again. Yeah, I saw it one time and really like. Yeah, yeah. But it's been that's been probably ten now, years ago. Now, for whatever reason, I remember this being more Pittsburgh than Chicago. But maybe it was shot in. He's Ch- on a he's on a metro train going from the suburbs into. There's Chicago. even a oh, okay. shot of him by that bean, that big mirror being oh, really? that piece of art yeah, that's yeah. famous in chicago oh, yeah. that sits near the soldier field mm-hmm. there's even a there's even a shot of them at that in the movie I think. oh really yeah yeah but yeah this is a really good movie and i don't know how many people have seen it out there but that's another recommend i yeah, would definitely. say it's a oh, great yeah. movie uh the sting another one that's amazing Ooh, man <laughs> man again we go back to old timey chicago mm-hmm. good shit do 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 do
What is that uh, fanfare that you just... It's The Entertainer. The Entertainer. Um, this movie was Mission Impossible before Mission Impossible was mm. Mission Impossible. It's basically Mission Impossible with con men instead of spies. Ah. In, in, the, in terms of how many costumes, costume mm. reveals, fake shootings, blood capsules, masks, fake mustaches. <laughs> they go all out to take this guy's money. They have to. Yeah. This, uh, is, this is Redford Newman at the height of their popularity i would say and then or maybe i don't know they're, they're both old enough at this point. it might be at the height of redford's popularity newman might have like still been on his plateau yeah. of popularity or whatever but uh two heavy hitters and you have robert shaw in here oh too. yeah uh man this movie so good by the end of it you're just gonna be like oh my god all the stuff that they pulled off is amazing <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> so yeah the sting is great another one stir of echoes another movie that we don't not many people talk about, but it's a good one. Well, and it's also, I don't, I don't think of that as a Chicago movie. No. As much as I do a creepy house and digging movie. Right. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So this lost popularity because of the Sixth Sense, basically. I don't think right? it lost popularity. It just didn't get seen. I mean, you had, I was, I was talking about this before. You did have, in this year, you had Sixth Sense come out. Then you had Stir of Echoes. Then you had Stigmata. Mm. There were a lot of S horror movies yes. coming out. Um, <laughs> Uh, this one I don't think ever would have been a big movie, even with the Sixth Sense coming out and everything. Um, is the house haunted? The only thing I remember about this movie is the painted black. It's about stuff. a girl who gets killed, and then he he well the, then like his sister. I think Ileana Douglas is his sister. Yeah, and he she puts him under some sort of like hypnotization of some sort or whatever i don't do you remember what that was um i saw it once i mean we're sitting here yeah we're sitting here recommending it but we don't even remember the fucking (laughs) i saw it too i forgot but like it's one of those movies that when i got done i thought that is every bit as good as the sixth sense why haven't i ever heard of this but when he got when he got done with when eliana douglas gets done with that whatever she does to him he's in tune with the other side essentially. Oh, okay. spirit world and then and jennifer morrison plays the ghost in oh, this. okay yeah you know, jennifer morrison of house fame mm-hmm. um jennifer morrison played the ghost here went on to house fame mm-hmm. and the girl in sixth sense who played the ghost went on to oc fame Ooh, yes she did yes. misha barton right there you go which yeah. the oc then made fun of later on uh briefly because there was a point where adam brody's character says something like was asking i think he was asking the benjamin mckenzie character like did you he's like it's like he goes i threw up he's like what was it like was it like this or was it like the little girl from the sixth sense or <laughs> no, <that's funny. laughs> um but yeah stir of echoes is another great stranger than fiction is yeah, another man. one gosh yep. we ran into some heavy hitters here man <laughs> some heavy hitters as far as like People don't talk about these movies, but should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Stranger Than Fiction is fan. There need to be more movies that feel like this. Yep. Because this is almost singular in tone. There's very few movies that have this feel. But just walking the perfect line between drama, comedy, reality, and a dream. And and somehow Queen Latifah almost steals the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's weird is that I could have sworn that Charlie Kaufman had something to do with this movie. Yeah, it's not yeah it was somebody who wrote a script that apparently had been sitting around forever. And, Zach Helm. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those, um, it was either one of those scripts, those great scripts that were never produced type of thing. Oh, like the Blacklist ones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they finally made it. And and when it came out, it had lukewarm reviews, but I, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. Uh, Transformers, we don't need to talk about that. Fuck that movie. <laughs> U.S. Marshals, we don't really need to talk about that Except either. Except to note, 
they did have to let Robert Downey Jr. out of jail yeah, to film this they movie. They did. They oh, had, they I forget a that. special court order because he was in jail. <laughs> and just look how far this guy has come. There may be no more commanding movie star around right now. He's yeah. at least in the discussion. And 25 years ago, like, he was so down and out. He was obviously always a great actor. Mm. He was always going to get acting work. But he's, like, the fifth biggest player in this movie. And they had to let him out of jail to go shoot a scene. Was he one of Gerard's deputies? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And uh, they're chasing Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, this is a Wesley Snipes movie out of all mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Uncle Buck, another John Hughes. Oh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's such a fun movie. It I is, used to watch yeah. that all the time. This is uh, Macaulay Culkin before Home yep. Alone. Yep. Uh, but John Candy. Uh this was right before Home Alone, right? Yeah, like it was the, like a year it was John before. Candy before Home Alone. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> polka, polka. <laughs> uh, and then there's a little movie called The Untouchables. Man, this is one of the one of the things I've, I've said so much about this movie. But one of the things it does so exceptionally is that. You, it doesn't feel like you're looking at CG or paintings or tricky backdrops when you're when you're going down Michigan Avenue and you're looking at what would be early 1900s Chicago. It feels like they somehow went back in time to shoot it there. I know they didn't, and it's mm-hmm. it's easy enough for a film production to go get a bunch of you know 1925 cars and line the street and dress up. Your, but something they captured something special that mm-hmm. a lot of period pieces don't. Yeah, where it feels like the real city from 100 years ago it does but it looks like it pops too it does. like the colors for whatever reason it's like each individual building is its own color and its own like style you know yeah, yeah. which does happen a lot in chicago connected buildings will look entirely different from one to another you yeah know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a good shit man yeah, oh, we've talked man. a lot about the untouchables we could probably talk about it forever but i'm gonna go on because we've got time so I your think. friend died squealing like a stuck irish pig yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, quite, um, <laughs> did he sound anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, quite aptly, Barrett wrote ha 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 after V.I. Warshawski, which is a <laughs> Kathleen Turner movie. Uh, this was supposed to be the beginning of a franchise. Yeah. She was I like the female I just, James All Bond. I remember is the poster. I never saw the movie. No, I didn't either. <laughs> uh, but I remember Kathleen Turner with a gun. Yes. And that's it um wanted yeah that, that's a very chicago movie yeah yeah it is they, they filmed the uh the big textile plant was in like the czech republic or something like that but otherwise where the loom was yes. yeah the magic the loom, loom. The magic loom. Yes. well that one day someone somehow was able to detect the secret messages oh god um you hate this movie don't you? um i hate this movie more than chicago why do you hate this movie so much it's it's uh... It's yeah, just, it's exactly. It's yeah, you know. <laughs> honestly, I I can get on board with a stupid action movie that that wants to give me a flimsy reason for curving bullets, mm-hmm. but as long as it's not all going to come down to a magic loom, <laughs> yeah, that magic loom thing. Like, how did that get passed, man? I mean, a magic really, fucking loom. It's one of the stu- most children's books would say that's too stupid. We can't put that. Yeah. In. <laughs> um. Wayne's World. Yeah. Very, Aurora. Aurora. Very Chicago. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Aurora. They actually don't go to Chicago in Wayne's World, at least the first one, because yeah. they go to Milwaukee for the Alice Cooper concert. Yeah, although they might they be go in to Chicago, Chicago at the very beginning. At, uh, well, at Rob, what's his name's apartment oh. when they order Chinese food? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, 
love Wayne's World. I think I, I, I like Wayne's World too more than most too. Yeah, um, it's fun. Uh, the Weatherman is another movie that people don't talk about, and it's another that I thought I think is good. Yeah, Nicolas Cage, Gore Verbinski movie. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a part in there where I love where he's like. He's got all these thoughts going through his head and he's on the sidewalk or whatever. I think I've said this before, but he's got, he's like, he's got to get something for his wife. It's like butter and eggs or something like that. He's like butter and eggs, butter and eggs, butter and eggs. And then he's like, he's like, oh my God, look at that woman over there. Oh my God. She's so hot. She's so hot. Butter and egg, butter and eggs, butter and eggs. And he's like, he's like, man, she, man, I, things I could do with her. I wish I had two dicks. I, uh, <laughs> um but the weatherman is funny i mean that's a fun movie it is and, and hardly anybody i mean you know whenever you think about nicholas cage you know a lot of people like to say well look at all these shitty movies he's done there's all stuff sorts of other stuff in here like this mm -hmm. that sort of snuck through the cracks matchstick men yeah matchstick men was yeah. another one yeah he's got plenty of great work this is one where he takes up archery right like to to take his mind off of stuff i don't remember well there's a bow and arrow in the trailer right and i think his dad is michael kane michael kane is in this. he's got to reconnect with him oh no michael kane is super famous and like he's living in his shadow at a, as a weatherman mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah it's a really interesting like character stuff hmm. um what women want that's mm -hmm. that mel gibson helen hunt helen hunt movie yeah this is mel gibson probably at the height of his popularity right before he yes. really yes. talk about a cliff uh male chauvinist tinged movie that yep. they might not make today yeah it's this because it's yeah. just full of stereotypes i wonder this is probably slanderous and probably should be cut i wonder if he was on drugs during that movie he is manic in that movie he is manic in that movie he, he can't like sit still like he's fidgeting all the time and he's always like <laughs> you know he's, he's laughing like uncontrollably yeah. like it's just a weird performance yeah yeah no. I, I it was a huge hit too i don't remember how much it made but all it, the money it made a lot i'm looking at i'm pretty right sure now. every female american went to see that movie because yeah. this was you have to remember this was mel gibson was still a heartthrob at this point oh like, yeah he hadn't, hadn't had any contract made 182 million domestic that's a lot in 2000 and it made 374 million worldwide yeah for a romantic comedy that is stupid yeah it's really stupid <laughs> um what uh, when harry met sally another yeah. one another great one um they and we end up driving down lakeshore drive the wrong way to mm -hmm. get to new york apparently yeah yeah uh i don't really know exactly so, yeah, like not a real set in chicago but did get sh shot in chicago yeah that's where they they meet they're at university yeah. of chicago right I right think. right um while you were sleeping yeah friend of the show while you were sleeping uh yeah uh sandra bullock went just after speed when she had become a star and everything this, this was, was a her, big hit this too, was a pretty big hit yeah. i think bill pullman too right bill pullman yeah um so and she Peter pretends Gallagher. yeah she pretends to be his wife right after he gets kind of accidentally she thinks he's cute uh -huh. but it, it it spirals out of control she doesn't just just go i'm going to pretend to be his girlfriend like somebody thinks she is and then before she has a chance to correct them a family is there and she's been introduced and mm. and the whole movie is like she knows she's got to tell him the truth and she's just trying to wait to the right moment and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse <clears throat> made 81 million it was an april 95 movie so that's pretty good actually mm -hmm. um the whole nine yards good ass movie yeah it, um it's fun not really super chicago-y it's actually i think it's more of a canadian movie than it is they go to chicago right uh there there are i think two big set pieces in chicago the rest of the whole movies in montreal or toronto or oh really yeah like uh 
Matthew Perry lives in Canada. Bruce Willis moves next door. That's all in Canada. Ah. The only Chicago stuff is when Matthew Perry flies to Chicago. That's where he meets Michael Clark Duncan and Natasha Henstridge. Ah. Um, but then they go back to Canada. Like the whole climax is in Canada, where like when they're on the water, that's in Canada. When they go yeah. out to dispose of whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he throws that beer. Just yeah, that's the, one of the best all-time <laughs> jokes ever. Just, just harmlessly goes by his head. Oh, Jesus. Um, Wicker Park, which I don't remember much about. I know Josh Hartnett's in it. Yeah. I know Diane Kruger. Yeah. And Matthew Willard is in it. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh. New friend of the show. I believe Matthew he's Willard. an asshole in that movie, too. Is he? <laughs> nice. Or Matthew Lillard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't remember anything about it. I'm going to move on. Wildcats, another Goldie Hawn movie. That's right. And uh, that was a football movie. Mm-hmm. She's the, the coach of Pee Wee football. Yep. Yeah. Never saw it. That had Wesley out. Snipes and Woody Harrelson in it. <laughs> it did. Really? Yeah, it was. It was one of That's the. Right. It's yeah. one of the movies that uh, before they did White Men Can't Jump and all that, they were like basically extras in that one. Or <laughs> like awesome. small time, whatever. We're gonna make Money Train. Uh, yeah, exactly. Money Train, which has, <laughs> by the way, Money Train. I, I remember watching the trailer for that and fascinated by it because the trailer had a had a part at the end where they were on the train and then like. The camera zoom, like rotates 180 degrees and they're upside down. I was like, whoa, do they go through like a track that does that or something? I thought that was like part of the movie and it was just a, a trick in the trailer. No. Um, okay. There's some JLo in there though. I did. Oh yeah. JLo. JLo went Mia Sara in that movie. Is she naked in that movie? Yes. yes. Are you serious? Yes. yes. How did I not know that? Because yeah. you didn't know about Julia Stiles either. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you had to ask um <laughs> other illinois we have the accountant yeah yeah oh jesus is yeah. it like 7 30 <laughs> well, we've got we've got we have seriously 15 more okay <laughs> and we don't have to go through all of them yeah and, and we can this would be the the episode yeah. we're, we're, we're stuck in illinois we're gonna wrap it up with this and yeah. save our stuff the accountant uh, obviously, The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. It's another John Hughes. Career Opportunities, another John Hughes. Yeah. I like Career Opportunities. I do, too. That's like one of my adolescent fantasies. Man, are you Not kidding? Not only to get locked in with Jennifer Conley, but to be locked in like a department store overnight and be able to play with all the shit. Yeah. Like a Target overnight when yeah, you're I'm like pretty sure 13. I had that dream before. Man. Yeah. And with Jennifer Conley. Jennifer Conley... It, easily like like when i was 14 i don't think i'd ever seen anybody this beautiful in yeah. my life yeah and uh but yeah i saw this and I, basically because of her yeah john hughes wrote this and if somebody else that directed it but um uh cheaper by the dozen we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, christmas that. with the cranks we don't need to talk nah, about that i like that movie no what really i do okay which I one is like that movie. christmas with the great tim allen and jamie lee curtis dan Aykroyd. um it's it's fun. It's a mm-hmm. fun movie. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, the collector, which is yeah. uh, which is basically what uh, Kevin McAllister becomes yeah. later on. <laughs> yeah. He sets up all these traps in a house. There's basically. also a weird theory that they were they were actually floating. The producers or the makers of the movie were saying, should this be a prequel to the Saw franchise? Oh, because I think this came out in 2009 and Saw. Original Saw came out in like 2003, 2004. Somewhere around there. Um, and I think so, it was 2004. Yeah. So they were they were thinking, hey, maybe we could tie this in, but then no. Um, the Collector was surprisingly decent horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Founder. I have still not seen this. I've seen it. Yeah. I can't think of anything Chicago about it. Yeah. Actually, I no, watched this whole it's movie. It's Illinois. 
Oh, you're right. We're outside of Chicago yeah. now. Um, you know, it's just, it's not, I don't really feel like they gave Michael Keaton much acting to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. Like they could have and maybe even should have found a lower price, less recognizable face and the movie might have been more compelling because it was Michael Keaton. I was ca- I kept waiting yeah. for something. <laughs> Act. It's something. Mm. And it's not that. I mean, he's he almost... He's almost acting by not acting, if that mm. makes sense, by dialing himself back so much. And it's just about the story. It's just about how Ray Kroc basically fucked the guys out of McDonald's who invented it. Mm. Is he like portrayed as the hero of the story or the protagonist, really? The, the movie takes a really interesting track here because he's definitely played as a hero in his own mind. Mm. He's definitely played as the villain by the two brothers who he took the idea from. Movie kind of paints him with both brushes hmm. and kind of says, yeah, he kind of screwed him out of their business, but if they weren't big idiots, they could have done this themselves. Hmm. So, But the, the the way it seems to be played in the movie is that these guys were just not ambitious, and he came along with the ambition, got them to sign over the rights for, him to, make, it. Yeah, <laughs> to, for him to make franchises, and then franchised out the ass mm-hmm. Um until these two guys were in over their heads, they never wanted to be a corporation that was in every state, yada, yada. Um, and, yeah, he basically just took it from them. Mm. They had invented the automated process of fast-fooding the burger. Ah, okay. Basically creating stations uh, and set up their kitchen in such a way that the burgers would always get out in 30 seconds or something. Mm. And that that was not being done by anybody else. I've already talked way too much about it <laughs> because it's not even worth five minutes of discussion. It's not a bad movie. It's not great. Interesting. It's a plane movie. It's Didn't more. You? It's like a documentary biopic. Okay. You'll learn more about Ray Kroc than you will be entertained by the movie. Yes. <clears throat> uh, we have Halloween written down here. Haddonfield. Uh, Haddonfield, which I don't think is a real city. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's made up, but it's uh, it's an Illinois movie. Halloween, great. The fir- original Halloween is made. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Informant. We've talked a lot about The Informant. The yeah. Informant. To the uh, point where I probably won't say anymore. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta watch The Informant. I did have a guy on Twitter like three days ago say, all right, you've raved enough. I'm going to watch The Informant with my wife. And I was like, awesome. And then like 20 minutes later, he was like, is it really that good? Is it really <laughs> that rewatchable? I think he was about to buy it maybe. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's darn rewatchable. <laughs> and like two hours later, he comes back. I loved it. My wife said that movie was boring. <laughs> and I was like, I'll take it. That's like that's like splitting a Maybe point in a hockey game. not boring at all, though. No, well, it's only boring if you're not watching the comedy, because the comedy isn't in punchlines and pratfalls. Right. Yeah, the yeah, comedy's yeah. situational. Right. And, and if I could see how if you watched that movie passively, your eyes could glaze over thinking it's just about finance and science and labs <laughs> yeah. and life. Who's, yeah. the, who's <clears throat> the guy who came up with sushi? The guy without the grill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that movie so much (laughs) inventing the abbots talking about jennifer connelly holy she me or sarah is good in that one (laughs) oh my god (laughs) now we have a name for this It's me assuming. <laughs> no, uh, not a good movie at all, but <sighs> Billy Crudup basically bangs her, Joanna Going, and Liv Tyler in this movie. And Claire Danes, does. and she's not even in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And Claire Danes <laughs> while she's married. Oh. And uh, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix is just helpless. Uh, loves yeah. Liv, love, is in love with Liv Tyler, but never uh never like uh ballsy enough to ever ask her out which is why he big time us out of the restaurant 
in California. And that is exactly why. Because he's still bitter about it. He's bitter about the inventing the Abbott's yeah. experience. Um, <laughs> mean Girls. Yeah. God, that's another good one. Yeah, I guess it's somewhere in Illinois. Yeah, it's it's downstate. Yeah, downstate. Downstate. That's, that's what they call it. They call it downstate? downstate. Yeah, anything that's not Chicago is downstate. Downstate. Yeah, even the stuff north of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> well, I mean, the stuff to the northwest, especially the west. Yeah, well, that's it's like not that's down. like New York. Everything, everything is upstate. That's the heroin it's... highway, is what they call that, because there's a lot of heroin that comes in from Iowa. But then Iowa? everything else is downstate. Iowa's big on the heroin production. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they got nothing else to do. Probably. <laughs> Cause they got Get nothing off. else to do. Was, you know what? That's uh, Mean Girls reminds me that Tim Meadows probably should get more work. I don't yep. understand why he hasn't been able to get more. Especially, I mean, he almost steals that movie. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is watch the ladies' man, and like, even if you don't like the movie, like he's so funny in that movie. You think you, you don't think so? Uh, you're looking at me I have like, I have trouble getting. You're looking at me like it. I just said I like the movie Chicago. <laughs> I like his. Uh, <laughs> I like his uh, the segments, the ladies' man and SNL, but I thought that movie was a oh, too indulgent. Although the movie's cringy, but he's funny in it. Yeah, I think. All right, well maybe not. Uh, you or- like the Bruce Bo- Blues Brothers, so fuck off. <laughs> Bruce Brothers, the Bruce Brothers. Uh, ordinary people, nineteen uh, eighties best picture. Yeah, man. Uh, only best picture of the past fifty years or so that I can't find a Blu-ray for. Hmm. Like I don't know why they haven't ever made it or whatever but it's I mean, a good movie it really is i mean this is robert redford directing robert? and uh uh was it william hurt that was uh that was in this one uh you had uh, timothy hutton, timothy hutton. Timothy and hutton. you had uh, judd hirsch yeah um but uh yeah that i can't find this movie anywhere mm-hmm. um but um yeah good it's uh it's good i don't know if it's better than raging bull good though. no definitely not. um so i don't yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Pretty in Pink, another John Hughes. That's right. Um, do you I'm, ever get Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles? Of confused? course, I do. Molly Ringwald movies—they all jumbled together. Yeah. They're all they are all they all run together. Uh, right. Although I think I know more Sixteen Candles than I do Pretty in Pink, though. Yeah, me so too. So, like, if you were to tell me, did this scene happen in Sixteen Candles? I could probably tell you that it didn't, mm-hmm. uh, or did or didn't. But in Pretty, like, if I don't know, if I said something that was from Sixteen Candles that you know was in pretty i don't know i I would probably i don't know it's a good question yeah (laughs) i think i like i think i know 16 candles a little bit better than pretty in pink yeah i think i've seen it more times too yeah and 16 candles is the next one on this one too Mm -hmm. and that's a that's a good movie except it's uh you know horribly dated as far as how you you treat people um (laughs) and then weird science another john hughes weird um and then uh just to wrap it up i had i saw a few others that were shot uh shot there the time traveler's wife yes time traveler's wife. you know when my brother was in town he was he was trying to tell me about this movie he was like did you ever see this movie it's about a time traveler i think it was called about time <laughs> had rachel mcadams in it and i go time traveler's wife and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me about the movie and then this movie was on the other day. I was flipping around and I watched it. And I was like, I'll be damned. Rachel McAdams is in both of these movies where she's in love with or loved by a time traveler. Hold on. What is the other one? The Time Traveler's Wife. And the other one? About Time. Oh. With Donald Gleason. Oh. Hmm. Oh, about. No, I know what you're talking about. It's a romance, like a romance romance, right? Yeah, because the thing is, he's told that the men in his family can go back in time 
Mm. And they can use it to fix mistakes. And so uh. he uses it to go back and meet the love of his life and meet cute and start a relationship. And then when they marry and have a kid, something goes wrong and he ends up going back to before they were married to try and fix it. And when he comes back to the present, their daughter is now a son mm. because he's not supposed to go beyond his own lifetime or beyond the lifetime of his child. Anyway, it's very cool. I liked it a lot. But mm. I was baffled that in this same era, Rachel McAdams got and accepted two jobs playing romance leads in that time travel. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, weird. the time travel's wife one was cr is crazy, too, because it's like it's a guy who meets her as a kid. Yeah, it's and creepy. Then, and then it's later. A little twilight. Oh, yeah, is it Eric Bana? Yeah. 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 Is he uh, Australian for real? Yeah. Eric God. Bana. He used to be a footballer. His Australian like accent in Funny People was blowing my mind because it's real but i've think, never heard him talk I think like eric that Banna used to be a, either a footballer or like australian rules football type guy interesting and then he became an actor he's had such a weird career yeah um just a couple others and and these movies we're going to cover on their on the ones that they're actually set and groundhog day was apparently shot around chicago mm -hmm. or illinois and uh, miracle miracle on 34th street which even in the title it says it, it's new york yeah shot in chicago <laughs> all right <laughs> We've talked fucking so Illinois, much today. fucking Illinois. Yeah, oh, we have. Man. That was have. fun though. I yeah. love covering Chicago stuff and and things like that. Just always seems like there's such a different mood in Chicago than New York and L.A. Yeah, know? yeah, there is. There's a more laid back yeah. attitude to its big cityness. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, keep going to Sincast uh, presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. Going to SoundCloud, Twitter reddit all these different places that you can come and uh, comment on this very here episode comment give and us your thoughts man we've got a we gave you a lot of material you can comment yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, and uh, uh but that'll do it for this week it's chris Atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com Just like Ernesto's guitar in Coco. <laughs> that is annoying. God damn it's annoying because there are two scenes in that movie with people tuning guitars. Yep. You know it exists. Then you pull out a 200-year guitar off the wall of a crypt and it's in perfect tune. <laughs> I really thought that was annoying that he didn't, that Miguel didn't even entertain the idea that De La Cruz was his great-great-grandfather. Never that, had, yeah, somehow. That's, that's the entire story of his his past is about this one dude that leaves and plays music for the rest of his life. It doesn't make sense. And then there happens to be another dude from mm. that same village. And mm. It's like 50 people. in. Yeah. 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 Mariachi circle, mariachi plaza. I cut, I'm pretty sure I cut it from the final script, but I had a whole sin about why the shoe store has to have a walk-up window. <laughs> they, they literally have it's like a drive through window for people on feet to, to walk up to the shoe store and i'm just like do you not need to try them on do you not need to look at <laughs> just grab and go i mean just, i'm a size eight okay i'll be right back dear yeah and, i mean it could be like a sense. bowling alley where they just they just plop it down who knows i don't know and so, then they spray I mean, that disinfectant in <laughs> there's drive throughs for liquor stores so you never know well that's true i used to go to uh leroy's drive through in west louisville mm -hmm. uh when i was underage because they would never card mm -hmm. i mean obvious 16 to 18 year olds pull up in this truck and they're like i don't give a shit 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot easier to do that back in the day. Well, that was a rough area of town too, so it it, it was a risk <laughs> yeah. to get down there and get booze, but yeah, it was worth it, man. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins. Where did that even? Come? I know it was on that video game. That's where thing. it started. Where it came but from. why did he say Leroy Jenkins? Is that the name that, of the character? That was or? his name. Oh, that was his name. Either yeah. his name or his character's name. And they oh they God. set that up like you know they they scripted that. Yeah, it was all. Fake. Oh, it was. Yeah, they came so, out actually just a few months ago and admitted it. Mm-hmm. Even really? though I guess it was widely known, but they actually put out another video, like a second video of the like, like their trial run mm-hmm. where they were like doing it for the first time before they actually made the video but it's 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 really well done as far as acting is concerned because everybody's like okay do you have your uh yeah. your armor on and all that <laughs> all the stuff that south park later made fun of when they did their world of warcraft thing oh my god that episode is great oh it's the one of the best ones <laughs> it's like, it's like they they, they <laughs> what's great about that episode is first off they have to figure because there's this guy that keeps killing all these characters inside the world and everything. Okay. And he's like, got this amazing uh, amount of experience and whatever. And nobody can beat him. And so like what Cartman and all them decide that they're going to do is they go off and they're going to like basically kill like the sheep characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. They give you like almost nothing. But if they kill like millions of them, <laughs> you can finally get your, your, your character level. Oh, it's up. like penny stocks in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. 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 And like, um, and so, like, finally they get to the point where they're, like, good enough to, like, face him and everything. But they're, like, at this point, they've been doing it for, like, just hours straight. And they're all, like, blobs <laughs> sitting down in the basement. Even, like, Stan and Kyle and all them look like bigger Cartmans. And uh, and um, and so, like, they, they're about to go in and Cartman's like... All right, have you have you uh, installed your plus one wizardry kit? Blah blah blah, and they're like, well, yes, and he's like, and then it's like, all right, well, have you done this and that? And he's like, I haven't done that yet, and he's like, Christ, because <laughs> <laughs> they eventually become the dude because the yeah. dude's just this fat slob yeah, that's got like pizza on it, his yeah. shirt, yeah. <laughs> and he's uh, like, uh, we found out that we've discovered the reason behind his uh, his uh, his prowess in this game. He has no life <laughs> <laughs> the maltons interviewed bill Hader actually and he was talking about all the south park stuff that goes on he's mm-hmm. like because some of it was in that six days to air uh mm-hmm. thing but there was one time he said that trey parker came in on a tuesday and they're airing on wednesday he came in on a tuesday and trey was like i just i just axed the script we're gonna have to start over <laughs> So, so they they wrote the entirety of the script and they had to do all the causality and all that stuff and then like they end up going into the animators room in like three hours and it's done yeah. it's like it's all done the voices are all done everything like, i think what happens with them though there's got to be some times where they don't get the episode out because there's times if you're watching south park like it'll get to the wednesday and there's not been a scheduled like gap in the schedule or anything it'll just be like okay we're gonna play a rerun (laughs) and you're like oh we didn't hear hear anything about that you know (laughs) so like i think sometimes they do get to that point where they don't get it done and they're like all right well i guess that's the trade-off